Welcome to Multidimensional. I'm your host, Christina Rice, aka Christina the Channel. And this is the place where we explore what it really means to be multidimensional. So in this episode, I am channeling the Oracle. We're going to roll right into it with Kaylin. You're going to get to know a lot of people who are on my team. We're probably going to rotate through different team members and, and my friends and get different voices chatting with the Oracle. And I think she wants to chat with some of you guys too on the podcast. So that would be very fun. But we actually talk about a lot of similar themes to what we talked about on the last episode, but we recorded this episode a few weeks prior to the episode you heard earlier this week. So the previous episode, a lot of these we recorded kind of out of order, but it's just interesting because I think there was one version or perspective coming through in this conversation where the Oracle was kind of talking about me um, and my life and some of my feelings, which she tends to say more of my feelings than I do <laughs> because they know my feelings. But then I talked about this from more of my perspective on the previous episode that you probably listened to already. And it was actually what came through in this conversation that you're about to hear that unlocked a lot for me. Like I remember that night was super powerful for me. And I, I mean, one of the reasons why I love doing this channeling work and in this way is we do this Oracle call every week on Wednesday and it's so powerful and I learn so, so much. And I also get the gift of having that time to learn a lot about myself from the Oracle. So I get my own channel messages and it's just been a really beautiful process for me. So anyway, I wanted to set the conversation up this way. It's a, it's a long episode. We went really deep and this was a really good continuation of slash part two of the Oracle call from the evening this was recorded. So if you go into Ascension School in the membership, if you have the Ascend tier, you get access to all of the previous Oracle call recordings plus all of the live versions. I highly encourage you to join. There's a free seven-day trial if you go to christinathechannel.com slash membership. We have so much fun in there. It's so powerful. It really just feels like, I mean, it's my favorite time of the week. I think it's a lot of people's favorite favorite day of the week. It's just such a beautiful community to come together and we dive into such cool topics. And what I love about it is that she shares so many things that like I literally haven't heard before. And I think a lot of us are craving that new information, new perspective. And in that call, she was talking about what she called the source point or the God point, which was really a mind-blowing sort of explanation for, for me and I know for a lot of other people. So you can check that out in Ascension School. It's a party. And don't forget that we are having our in-person Oracle Experience event live in San Diego March 23rd, March 24th. This is going to be an epic, big event. It's going to be like the best spiritual party of all time. The Oracle is going to be channeling the whole first day. She's going to call people up. It's going to be an incredible opportunity to get live healing and to get your questions answered. It's just going to be so much fun. It'll be, there'll be a ton of surprises. My team and I are really going all out. Um, And there's just nothing quite like experiencing this in person, like the energy, the room, 
buzzes. I, I can't even describe it. I cannot even describe what's going to happen. I'm so excited. There's nothing like being together in that group with this type of frequency flowing. And then day two, I will be there, <laughs> Christina, q and I mean, I'll be there both days, but you know, I'll be in trance the first day. And then the second day I'll be answering questions. We'll dive deeper into the previous day's topics and we will do an, a high energy healing session in person again. I mean, it's the room's going to float. It's going to be epic. So highly recommend snagging your tickets. We're going to be sending out suggestions for San Diego and travel and favorite restaurants and all that fun stuff. It's going to be a great opportunity to connect with other people in the community, to meet new people in the community. If you have been feeling like you want to connect with people who are on your wavelength, who are into all this stuff, who just get it. I'm telling you, it's one of my favorite parts of what I do in creating in-person experiences because people make lifelong friends. And it's so beautiful for me to see that as they continue to stay friends for years and years afterward. And it's just, I mean, it means a lot to me that that I could facilitate a space where people get connected with, with true lifelong friends. So it's going to be incredible. Links for that will be in the description below. And you can learn more about, about all of that. One other reminder is that my new book is coming out soon. Can you believe it? I know a lot of you have been waiting for this. You've told me and same, same. My new book comes out March 7th, March 7th. It's called The Codes of Divine Love, and it's all about love and relationships, all different types of soul connections, soulmates, karmic connections, twin flames. We talk about romantic relationships, obviously, friendships family dynamics, boundaries, self-love, why you attract who you attract, how to attract someone else in, breakups, all the stuff. It's epic. It's a channel text from the monarch being. It's a part two from Manifestation Mastery, which is my first book. So, you know, I channeled this two years ago and I'm finally getting around to sharing it and it seems very timely. So just so you know, that's coming up soon. I'll be sharing all about that. Um, on social media and on the email list. So you will hear about it. The best way to support me during this book launch, if you want to support me, is purchasing day of on March 7th because the more people that purchase, the more likely we are to be bestseller. So I appreciate that. You'll you'll hear more about that, but I'm super pumped. There's just so much great stuff coming out. So those are my updates and it's time to dive into this very exciting in-depth episode. So enjoy this conversation with the Oracle. One of the things that I always focus on is sleep because I know that if I can really get a good night's sleep, that is going to have a ripple out effect and positively affect everything else in my life. 70 million Americans have chronic sleep issues and half of Americans deal with sleep deprivation. So I'm assuming a lot of you have probably dealt with this at some point in your life and I know about that firsthand. One of my favorite brands, Ned, is here to help us with their product, Shut Eye Chai. It's inspired by 5,000 years of ancient healing tradition and is Ned's biggest product launch to date. I have been using Ned products for so long and love them. They have changed my life. The Shut Eye Chai has become one of the most important parts of my day and one of my favorite parts of my evening ritual. It's a mellow super blend latte for sleep that combines adaptogens, aminos, functional mushrooms, and magnesium. 
seriously the best ingredients out there wrapped in a heavenly masala chai inspired body. So think cinnamon, clove, ginger, all that good stuff, which is so fall and like pumpkin spice season. It is very on brand. It doesn't just set you up for amazing sleep. Ingredients like chaga, reishi, and ashwagandha are deeply nourishing to your body on so many levels. So you're getting a ton of additional benefits and it's crafted from the highest grade single origin ingredients, ethically sourced from some of the world's best small scale farms. Shadai Chai is amazing for calming your nervous system, which we talk about a lot here. It's so important for manifestation and for channeling and tapping into our intuitive gifts. It is so nourishing for your senses and Shadai Chai will just send you peacefully off to dreamland where you can get all of those activations and downloads. And I will tell you sleep now more than ever. Like we are getting so many upgrades while we sleep. So it's really important to get a really, really good night's rest. It makes the world of a difference. Shadai Chai is all natural. It's made exclusively from functional botanicals, fungi, herbs, plants, minerals, roots, and spices. And what I love about Ned is they are fully transparent. They share third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their full extraction process. Shadai Chai does not contain CBD, caffeine, melatonin, or dairy, so you don't need to worry about any of that. But every evening as part of our wind-down ritual, like we have, especially since moving into this new house, just gotten really into curating our evening rituals because both my partner and I are like realizing how much we really need to focus on sleep. It's a huge focus for us. And so every evening we will kind of ground in. I like to have that ritual of making a little should I chai latte. So I'll put in the powder. I'll fill it up like halfway with hot water and then some nut milk, froth it up. And I will set intention over the beverage. I'll set intention for my sleep and just slowly intentionally sip that in, kind of turn it into a little meditation, getting present. I send a hi to it and it just turns into this really beautiful evening ritual. And then we like to sit on the couch and connect. And it's a great way to just end the day and really makes a huge difference in terms of sleep. We've both noticed our sleep has totally changed since really refining our evening ritual. And that means when I wake up the next day, I don't feel groggy. I feel ready to go. I feel excited. My channel is clear and I can create all this incredible stuff for all of you. And I'm just, you know, a better friend, a better partner when I am feeling good. So if you want to find out how Shadai Chai can revolutionize your sleep, you can get 15% off with the code Christina. Just go to helloned.com slash Christina or enter code Christina at checkout. That's helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A to get 15% off. Sweet dreams. Did you like tonight's call? That might, yeah. I think that might've been our best one yet. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm like still in the activation, of course. That one mm-hmm. was so, I mean, I was, I was literally thinking about how in the, how am I going to explain this to anyone with work? <laughs> <laughs> well, what, how, I guess, how are you feeling or what, give us a moment. What stood out? What, what came up, even if you're not done processing? Yeah. I mean, I think that the most potent part for me is that <laughs> I recently had such a potent God zoom with mm-hmm. someone. And so just as you were describing it, I was just like, yeah, I've experienced this and every single part of this. And what's funny is 
I knew, like I consciously knew that that's what was happening. And so then you putting it into words and explaining it, I was like, oh, this is how it was happening frequency wise, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just so incredible encouraging for me because it's like I want to take more people there you know because this person did have that reaction of like whoa I'm so traumatized I don't want to go there I uh-uh mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're going back you know and the closing and it's like well that you know I still did I still did my part I still did my piece and I can continue to do it with everyone that I come into contact with and looking for that for myself. I think that's the big one for me is like seeing the ways that I, that I don't allow others to do it because I do feel like I'm always the one to do it for others. And so I get Mm -hmm. to now look at (laughs) why. (laughs) Yeah. It's a complex thing. Well, here's the thing. Yes. You're doing that for others, but the point we're trying to make is that you're doing that whether or not you're trying to. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the whole point of explaining that concept of like bringing somebody into that source point is really to open up this conversation of what's going on in a very dynamic way, like vibrationally at that Mm -hmm. moment so that you can all find some more compassion for each other and for yourselves. That's really what's at, you know, at the meat of it is, is, can you see how there's a moment there when we're explaining this of I can dissolve judgment because I can see just as easily how how easily I can sling on to another kind of vibrational emotional wave but one component of that that we didn't really talk about tonight is that will probably be relevant for you and it's really relevant for Christina is you know you're doing that whether or not you're trying to and it always happen because you're, yeah. you're doing it by just looking at people like this is a function of your eyes and simply just using your eyes and zooming all the way in uh and it's not something you have to try to do and it's something that a lot of you who are in this community are doing without, you've always been doing it since you're kids, right? And you're, you're wired to do that at children look at things naturally at the God zoom level, right? They're going all the way. They're seeing the beauty. They're they're seeing seeing past neutrality. They're going so it's, everything's beautiful. Wow. You know, these colors are so pretty, you know, wow, this leaf, they're looking at the leaf. Wow, this is so pretty, you know. And a lot of you as adults are like, that's so cute. I wish, I wish I was just enamored by everything around me the way that I, I was as a child. They're all they're already God zooming in on everything and they're appreciating it, right? Here's the thing: like from a young age, a lot of you have been God zooming in on everybody, making them either wildly uncomfortable or they have really loved you, right? And so we'll talk about Christina's experience because that's who we can talk about. Uh, we have free reign, you know, so Christina always definitely got along with adults more than anybody else. (laughs) And she always just knew people either love me or they hate me. And most adults just loved her because she would have adult conversations, you know, far earlier than other, what they would expect with her age. And they always got a kick out of her questions. Like, wow, those are actually really good questions. Like, huh, I never thought of it that way. And a lot of adults really liked that. And there would be some adults that got so extremely triggered by that and really, really did not like her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she always knew that. And then she goes through her life and there's there's a, a mixture of things going on here, right? There are certainly times when Christina has said things where, oh, I went too far there, right? Maybe <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. And she, she learns, but there's also been a lot of times where she's, genuinely genuinely just been not doing anything you know and she's her mouth is shut 
And people will get very, very upset and she knows it's in relation to her. They just don't like her, right? Because when she's just looking at somebody, she's God zooming in on them. Right? She's looking really deeply because that's just how she looks at everything. And some people don't like that and what that brings up in them. And for a long time, you know, it was a big part of her healing and this, it, it still has been, right? For a very long time, she really turned that around on herself of like that she was a horrible person and what what what's bad about her that she just moves through the world and she's just silent and she upset so many people right it was really hard for her um and she really internalized it as like this is my fault you know and there are a number of things where she was kind of already predisposed to think it's my fault you know um versus you know some other people what they have learned before been told before they're going to think, Oh, that's everybody else's problem. You know, she was, wow, it's my fault. Right. And so that was a big piece of her, her healing. And we share that because it's going to be at play or some iteration of that for a, a lot of people listening, a lot of people in this community, maybe for you too, especially when you have a bold personality where, you know, you maybe can sometimes go a little too far and, but then you're kind of always going too far with your eyes because you're looking so deeply. Right. <laughs> and so you know, one of the first things that one of the first dates Andrew and Christina ever went on, Andrew told her, he said, you know, Andrew, Andrew is just an angel, right? He's just happy, joyful, like bopping through life, like everyone's buddy, you know, he's just like the opposite of Christina He's completely non-confrontational, you know, like he really doesn't say any, he never says anything that is controversial, right? (laughs) He's the, he's the opposite of Christina. So Christina can see how she gets herself into trouble, right? <laughs> but Andrew is just, you know, really happy. Often in new situations, he's quiet. He's just quiet. He just smiles, right? And he told her on one of their first days, he's like, I don't know what it is, but I, I don't do anything. I don't say anything. You know, I just, I'm smiling at people and they just get so triggered by me all the time. And he was telling her this and it was on this, it was on this date and they still tell a story. It's one of the funniest stories where the, they were the only people in the in the restaurant and the, the waiter slash host, uh, just, you could tell was so upset with Andrew, just did not like Andrew. He was being so moody and it was, it was really obvious. And Christina thought it was so funny and it was actually very kind of interesting moment and in some ways healing for Christina of hey this this man who like you know is just pure love like he's truly not doing anything wrong he doesn't have a mean bone in his body and he is existing and this person is so triggered by him and he's literally done said nothing like you know and she thought wow like meanwhile you know I've been making myself out to be such a bad person because of how much I trigger people when maybe that's just what happens when you're really, you know, in good feels, you know, and that was one perspective she had like, Hey, that maybe that's just kind of part of it, which like, you know, you know, intellectually, but it's another thing to know, feel, trust that on a human level, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think most of you can understand. Yeah. Like I see how, when I'm loving my life and I'm feeling good and I'm in my power and I'm in my truth, that will trigger people. And it's one thing to know that it's another thing to know that and understand that in the real life experience as those situations are playing out. Right. So we get that. Um, but this conversation that we're having tonight is adding another layer and 
you know, we're curious what they'll say about it. Cause they'll probably talk about it a lot, but it's like literally through your eyes of just zooming in. Cause it's, it's beyond just your own vibration, which yes, that is going on too. And that's a really valuable part of the conversation, but you know, part of why we like having these conversations is we want to go kind of beyond what is in the echo chamber of your spiritual awareness, right? There's a lot of beautiful things that you all already know and you teach about. And we're hoping that in a lot of these conversations, we're just adding another dimension to it because that's all true and that's great and that's beautiful and helpful. And, and we know a lot of you are like, what else is there? And let's, let's add another dimension. And that's also a very valuable lesson. And how can we add another dimension and angle to this without making anybody wrong? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that's kind of the point that we're getting at tonight about, can you be okay with just feeling really good or feeling all of your emotions or being in that frequency, right? You're just like, I want to feel good all the time. And then you get to that vibration and then you think it's boring, right? And a lot of the ways that you guys kind of have this, we're going to say it's like kind of this jutting energy, right? (laughs) Where it's exactly what we were describing of, hey, I'm there and I feel good, but something's wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm used to chaos and I want to be in chaos. I'm going to jump, jump back into chaos. I'm used to a lower vibration. So now that I feel a better vibration, I feel unsafe in it, even though it's a higher vibration. I feel unsafe in it because I'm used to the low frequency. So I want to jump back in there, right? And a lot of what has kind of happened, and this is part of learning to communicate, we feel in more effective and healthier ways. There has been an effort to deepen and expand conversation, which we'll say tools like social media have allowed that. But there's also, you know, shadow and light to everything. And with that, has it actually been deepening the conversation in a productive way, right? Or has it turned into, well, really, we think it's a display of communication behaviors, which we do not feel are at their optimal level, (laughs) right? And that's a beautiful place to be. You know, we think that you've lost a lot of artistry, right? Uh, and a lot of being able to, to communicate from your heart space and from that vibration as well, right? And being able to be clear and direct, but also having genuine, real productive conversations. And when you remove social media, people are in rooms together. And maybe you're talking about a charged subject, but you're in that room together and be with people you care about or respect. And you have to learn how to have a healthy disagreement or discussion. And, and go somewhere actually productive, even if it means you still both disagree at the end and be able to still sit in that room with them, right? And this is one thing Christina is really grateful for with her childhood. You know, her childhood, you know, everybody wanted to come to Rice Family Dinner because it was wild, you know, it was wild. It was it, every night is a four hour, it's a four hour debate. So if this, if this lets you know how Christina became who she is, it's a four hour debate, right? And there's usually a lot of, it's like a lot of people are there, right? Who's coming to tonight's debate? (laughs) And it really trained her in a lot of things. One is, you know, one being, being able to sit in a very chaotic room with a lot of people yelling their opinions and just be chill, whatever. Right. That's, that's one part of it. The other part of it is really, you know, for her learning to get in there, like getting in there, listen to me. Right. And obviously just 
kind of debate skills, right? Which is a real art. It is a real art. The thing is that the way that things have flowed with social media, a lot of people think they are debating and they're just talking over each other and going in circles and busy trying to make everybody wrong for the point of just trying to make other people wrong. And that's very different than showing, than communicating a different perspective from the energy of I'm trying to actually deepen and expand this conversation and go deeper with you. Do you see what we're saying about the difference there? You know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's kind of part of what we're wanting to do just with all of our conversations in, in the membership here is, is just exemplify how we can have these deep, well-rounded conversations. And we're actually talking about a lot of the same thing, but it feels very different. And when we're pointing out a different dimension, it's, we're not making anybody wrong, right? It's, it's all true. And so we just feel that that is part of the skill that has been a little bit lost. And that's why a lot of you don't feel very good. And that's why a lot of you feel afraid to communicate or have conversations. And when you feel afraid to have conversations then you don't talk, and you know mm-hmm. what happens to your throat chakra, but then you don't learn and you don't expand, you don't grow. And then there's a lot of also, I don't feel seen. And who's going to give me that source point experience for me? And we kind of come back around, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we don't, we don't really have an answer for you. We're just kind of trying to point out that this, this ability to communicate and to have all these conversations, which is things like the live event we did, like that's really important to have spaces like that, uh, to, to do those types of things just with friends, like to have spaces where you're in person forced to actually deepen the conversation instead of just throw out a comment to make somebody wrong with no other point. And it's not adding, it's not going anywhere. Right. Uh, and you might notice this with political debates, for example, they're not real debates. They're just, everybody saying a line. There's, yeah. there's no, it, it's not a It'll debate. It's not right? even felt with conviction. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not. And, you know, Chris, one of her favorite subjects was always philosophy. And when she went through philosophy class in high school, you know, she learned about there's this book. It was called The Thinker's Guide to Fallacies. It's one of her favorite books. And it's just explains a lot of fallacies in logical arguments. And it's interesting because it's, you know, literally this little booklet that's pointing out basically all the flaws in people's arguments. And at the same time, we're describing this here because it's pointing out all the, all the ways, the flaws in the argument, right? (laughs) The whole point of understanding those fallacies is so that you don't commit them. You don't commit them in your communication so that you are actually having a healthy, productive conversation and debate, right? If you're a philosopher and here's my piece on is God real or not, right? I've got to be aware of these fallacies and actually avoid them, right? And here you all are so busy trying to make everybody wrong, right? And so this is our point. It's like, these are actually really important skills to learn about. These are really important skills to learn about because this is about being effective communicators. And you know, we're explaining all of the things that go on vibrationally, which is the main form of communication. But part of the problem now and where there's a lot of confusion is there is such a gap. There's such a gap between, there's a bigger gap than we might argue there has been in a very long time. 
I've ever before between what you were saying and what's going on vibrationally, because those skills have been lost. And you have to think about what the larger agendas have been to get you out of those skills, right? It, the way that they guide education is not in, in alignment with the, that highest cultivation of these children's skill sets at all. It's not right. Um, and why have all these social media platforms, right? And you're looking at what's happening to communication. And when there is a, when there's a lot of miscommunication, what happens? There's a lot of fights. There's a lot of misunderstandings, right? I mean, how many, how many, Christina feels like this all the time. Like how many, you know, tiffs have gone on where it's just quite simply miscommunication. Like we just miscommunicated. And at the end of the day, you know, she has always found if she can just corner someone, cause she's, she is good at communicating and getting, Hey, I know that if we talk about this, we're going to reach the, the point where we meet <laughs> and then we don't need to have this negative energy, right? Because mm-hmm. the negative energy is from, I feel like we're, we don't meet and you don't see me. But if you actually know how to communicate, you will always meet that point. You will yeah. always meet that point, which is, you know, kind of what we're getting at with, with this. You're always going to meet that point in every emotional wave in between each other. And when more people realize we can always meet that point, what happens There's harmony. There's unity. People, people, hey, we're different, but we don't need to be fighting. We're different and I don't need to make you wrong. I can actually love that about you. I can, I can love this team and you can love that team. I can love this food and you can love that food. I can believe this about the political system and you can believe that. And I still love you. I think that's great. You know, I can disagree with you and still love you and see the value in that disagreement because we are all reflecting different parts of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. That's the point. And without you having that opposing view, I would not have the opportunity to go deeper within myself and either reaffirm what I believe, right? Or realize maybe I there's something for me to learn here and maybe there's something I want to address. It's only with that contrast and through those healthy conversations that you get deeper into your own truth, right? And so, so much of the problem is everyone's kind of out of alignment or not, not really everybody. Right. But like a lot of you are out of alignment with truth and you're looking for truth. You're seeking, you're truth seekers. You're desperate for truth. You want to channel, right? You, you want, you want to talk to God. You, you want to talk to your spirit guides. You know, you, you want to listen to all these channels. You're what spiritual activation experience going to have? Cause I want the truth. And here's the thing. If you want to be committed to that, we would say, be committed to that everywhere. Mm. be committed to that and how you show up and how you dress and who you are and how you feel and in how you communicate and how you communicate. And there's a lot of not that in how you communicate. Right. And so where we're getting with all this is when you start to really cultivate these communication skills, which we're going to say, there has been a large effort to get you away from this. You're going to come into greater harmony with each other but does it mean being the same as other people? It means we're going to have that unity frequency because we can understand each other and also disagree with each other. That's okay. okay? <laughs> That's okay. And what happens there is a united front, right? Because really all, everything that's going on is just, let's just get everybody to fight each other. Mm-hmm. Let's get everybody to be so busy fighting each other that they're going to turn to somebody who's a leader, Right. Uh, they're going to need help. I mean, it's it's all just a game of division. 
but when you finally transcend that and you come back into unity, now you're playing a totally different game and things can change really, really quickly when you do that. Right. Uh, and Christina had said this, we don't know when, uh, one of these days in the money codes boxer. And she was, we have no idea what point she was making, but she brought up the, the scene in, in catching fire hunger games, which mm-hmm. is one of the most, she watches that a million times. Cause we have so, there's so many codes in that we always bring her back to. And it's like a different line in that movie is telling her something different, but it was that part where they say, you know, remember who the real enemy is Katniss. <laughs> And she's like, whoa, right? In this moment, I want to, you know, in that moment, she's like, I want to kill this person and that person. And she's in the game and suddenly it's like, whoa, there's a bigger thing going on here. And so even if right now I hate you, there's something bigger going on that is not working for anybody, this larger structure, you know? And so it's really kind of um, when you guys can start to, we'll say figure out, but it's not necessarily that, but whatever, <laughs> figure out how to whatever that trigger point is, right? That tr- uh, remember who the real enemy is, Katniss, right? That kind of, whoa, I'm coming back online. That's where everything changes. And a lot of these things that you want to see changing in your world re- really will. And so there are a number of those different kind of activation things that come in. And, and there are quite literally certain phrases that come into your collective consciousness that are activation phrases, but there are people that are activation energies, right? Um, hundred percent. There are you know, sound, sound waves, people's voices, activation tones. And as, as you become in alignment with your truth, you are naturally an activation tone, right? So when, when you say whatever you say, it's the same, Hey, Katniss, remember who the real enemy is? It's, it's waking people up in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's at the end of the day, kind of, you know, what you all need is step one. And then there's actually these very real communication skills so that we can bridge that gap. Um, and start to really hear and, and and see each other. So, you know, we're kind of going on a rant here, but that's where we want to go with that. Yeah. I would love to, I would love for you to talk about the overthinking piece because you mentioned it in the call as well. And I think that that's something that again, with the communication, it's been so lost in all of our communication because we just get stuck before we even jump into the communication with just the overthinking. And if we were to just Keep looking to your point with our eyes at the people and just engage in that. I think obviously so much more would come through, and simply we would be experiencing more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get so caught in the overthinking loop. You know, you know, Christina loves interviewing, <laughs> and she loves. I mean, she loves coaching. You know, she she loves talking to people. She loves talking to people, and she always thinks it's so. Interesting how people point out to her, like, you ask such good questions, you know, and she's like, no, I don't, (laughs) right? Or they'll point out to her, you know, wow, like, that was one of the best conversations I've ever had. And she's just like, this is odd. And, you know, sometimes she says things to people. She said this. There will be some people listening who will be like, yeah, she said to me. She'll go, has anyone ever actually listened to what you say? (laughs) Because really what she's getting at is, when people have that kind of reaction, she she's wondering if they're going through their whole lives and no one's actually listening to anything they're they're saying. Mm-hmm. Because all she's really doing is just actually listening to people mm-hmm. and being present. And what tends to happen, and she and she gets very frustrated with this, which you know she could work on. 
uh, not getting so triggered by this, but you know, she does, she gets very frustrated, um, when she's talking and she can feel everybody else thinking they're so busy thinking, they're so busy thinking in this direction, in that direction. And they're, they're trying to be helpful, right. And they're trying to make connections to what they know or what they can do or whatever. And she can feel that. And she can feel in the same moment. I, you just, you've lost me. I've lost you. Right. And she's trying Stay with me. Listen to the words coming out of my mouth instead of what you think I'm saying. Right. Yeah. There's a gap there. And she feels that all the time. And that's going on all the time for, for all, all of you, you know, and it's funny because, <laughs> you know, you're in your own experience with conversations and you are hearing all of the layers of vibration and your thoughts. And there's so much nonverbal communication going on that both people are feeling and aware of that they feel like there's a lot more happening in the conversation than actually is. So our point is, you know, both of your perceptions of what was said, and we want to kind of quantify this to make this make sense. Let's say if we're going to quantify a conversation in terms of how much talking there is, right? So have you ever, you know, you're sitting next to somebody at the dentist and, you know, you're at a, you're at a 2%, like great weather. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a 2%. There's not much volume of conversation. Right. And then you're talking to your best friend and you're like, right. And you're at a hundred percent of volume of conversation. Okay. So to display our point or using that quantification system in most of your conversations, you think that, let's say you're thinking we're at an 80% and you both were at, that was an 80% volume of conversation of how much back and forth verbally. And what's actually going on is you're at about a uh, 15 to 20. Like that's how, how robust your thinking and your vibration and all the energies and everything else sensory wise you're experiencing, right? What everything that's going on, you're aware of all, and it's adding so much richness to every single moment you know, but there's so much nonverbal communication there. Um, when you're in the overthinking, it is inhibiting your ability to be present with that person and to hear what they're actually saying and to draw new conclusions to actually learn from what they're saying, quite simply, right? And this is the same what, as, as you understand the power of seeing someone deeply. In that moment, you're doing the opposite. Right. In that moment, you're, hey, let me go find my lens and apply my lens here instead of I'm going to let you take me through your new lens that I haven't been through before. Because that's what the overthinking is. It's I'm un I'm uncomfortable and I'm trying to find comfort. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking more thoughts. I'm thinking about thinking about my thoughts, thinking about my feelings. I'm thinking about what I know. I'm thinking about the conversation I had before. I'm thinking, well, what are you thinking? You know, well, what do you think about this? Or, you know, it's there's so much of that. You've gotten so off of what's actually happening. And you're doing that because you're trying to find comfort in some way, right? You're you're trying to add to the conversation usually. Um, but the way that you're going about it is doing the opposite. And, you know, a lot of these conversations that we're having, it's about, can you just surrender to the beauty of being a beginner and mm. learning and saying, I don't know. And that's where the conversations get really juicy, right? Like there's no conversation Christina has that's juicy when it's someone saying something and her like, yeah, I already know. 
Right. Yeah, and there's nothing more annoying to her when she, when somebody asks her a question and she's answered. So she answers and then they jump in like, yeah, blah, 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 and they're finishing it. Like, yeah, I know. And she's thinking, well, why did you ask me? Right. Like we're not going anywhere. This isn't helpful. But when you ask questions that you genuinely don't know the answer to, I genuinely don't know. I, I genuinely, what's your perspective or what was your experience? And you're, you're forced to listen. Right. You don't know the answer. And that's a really great muscle to build in terms of channeling and receiving information. But here's the thing. And we know there's been connections. We can feel Christina. Christina and her friends talk about this a lot of when when you're communicating with somebody, you know, they, they all say, like, we're all on the spectrum. We're like, we're on the spectrum, right? Because they talk about it in terms of when somebody is sharing something with you about their life. Do you immediately go and find a similar experience that you've had? <laughs> and and we understand that there can be, you know, that whole perspective of things of, you know, that with Christina and her friends are like, you know, that that has people have connected that with an autistic behavior, right? Which is a whole other, you know, conversation. Um, I mean, you're all on a spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <Right>. So, <laughs> but we want to kind of go from another angle with that of, you know, why do you do that? Mm-hmm. What, why do you do that? And it's, it's, I'm trying to add value in the conversation usually, right? I'm trying to relate to you. I'm trying to show you that I'm relate to you, right? I get it. I'm trying to find that meeting point, but the other person doesn't always receive it like that. They receive it like I'm sharing with you and you're going yeah. into your brain and not present with me about what is this connected to with me? Yeah. Right. And there's that, there's that vibration, there's that mismatch, right? And Christina used to always do that. Every time somebody shared, she used to always do that. And she noticed that about herself at a very young age. And she noticed that she did that. This is probably uh, high school. She noticed that she did this. And she noticed that she was like, why do I always do that? It kind of felt yucky to her. It felt yucky to her. She was like, I just do it. It's like word vomit, right? I just like, she's like, well, I do it because I'm, I'm, at the root of it, it was all those things we just talked about, but I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable in just like, wow, let me go deeper into your emotion with you. Mm-hmm. Right. It was just trying to cling to an anchor. It was an, it was, she was trying to find an anchor point, right? What we were talking about earlier, like, let me hold on for dear life somewhere. Like, let me find some reference point because I'm afraid to be without a reference point. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think I've heard, I've heard about that. You know, Christina will say what she does. Yeah. Channeling. I think I've heard something about that, you know, um, and they bring up something. She's like, no, not literally not at all. And it would have been better if you let your reference point go. Right. Yeah. And sometimes reference points are helpful. And we're not saying, again, we're not saying anything's bad or wrong. We're just exploring this. Right. Sometimes that could be helpful and, and that can be, that can be very helpful in explaining a concept, but, but why do you need the reference point? right? You wouldn't need the reference point if we were able to actually communicate more effectively, verbally and non-verbally. And that goes both ways of, of what's actually coming out of someone's mouth and what they're transmitting telepathically with their energy body, but also listening, 
also listening. And, you know, this is, we'll go back to the listening, but she started noticing that she's like, I'm just uncomfortable. And she decided that she was going to just do the complete opposite. And so for a long period of time, she literally made a rule, rule for herself and her brain because she would, she would track this, right? Somebody would say, and she, her brain would immediately go there and she'd be like, don't, don't say it. <laughs> don't say it. And she would, and so she would, she trained herself. She forced herself to, wow, like that, how did that feel? She would just ask another question about them. And she found that in retraining, she was like, wow, like we just went somewhere so much deeper. And she noticed that every time she did that, she learned a lot. Mm -hmm. She learned a lot. (laughs) She learned so much more. And now here's the thing. Once you went to both sides of that, like hardcore, (laughs) hardcore, both sides of the spectrum with, with that behavior, she learned to pull that lever. Right. So there are many conversations she has, like she can be far in either direction and she does that intentionally. Right. And so in coaching, for example, that's a conscious lever. That's one of the things that it's a coaching skill, right. Of going deeper with the person, with the client, it's about them, but also there are moments to share stories right? That teach. But if you keep doing that, you're not giving that person space. They don't feel heard. Right. But also if you're not giving them, you know, kind of anything out, anything on the other side, sometimes they're not learning because they've just spent the entire experience in their own perspective. You know, Christina always felt like this with therapy. Mm -hmm. It was like, that was good for many reasons, but I just keep kind of drowning in a pile of my own bullshit. I'm like, she's like, I need another way, right? I I need another, I need some, I need someone else's stories, Mm -hmm. right? And you learn a lot about each other through stories. So our point is there's kind of that balance there. And we feel that, you know, as we just talked about, there's this communication piece and learning to communicate better and more effectively, which is really just widening your skill set. And Mm -hmm. learning about different ways people communicate, you know, and learning to be direct and clear and name what you're feeling and articulate that and try and be, and be okay with asking questions and be okay with, Hey, I'm not exactly sure what my question is, but let me try and piece it together with you, right? Being okay with that. But the other part of that is being good at listening. And so being good at listening is exactly what you're talking about, right? We're what's with the overthinking I'm uncomfortable listening and that's blocking you from learning. And so what truth is about to be revealed to you that you're subconsciously blocking, right? Because I mean, I'm sure we all know this. There's a difference between someone who talks a lot and an over talker. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. you can tell the difference between somebody who talks a lot because they talk a lot. <laughs> or because they want to talk a lot and somebody who is over talking because they are trying to overshadow the conversation and steer it in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Right. And so here's the thing, when you are fully in deep listening, that is, I'm surrendering to the moment. I'm mm-hmm. surrendering to the experience. I'm not going to try and drive this conversation. This person could take me wherever the hell we're going to go. And I'm, go- I'm along for the ride and I'm, I'm going to go there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to notice that your relationship with listening and that skill is going to reflect your life and how willing you are to surrender and how willing you are to be taken somewhere that you don't feel comfortable with and you haven't been before. And 
again, that's all about deepening the experience, right? When you really listen to people and you listen to their stories and you listen to their answers and their perspectives, you learn a lot. You go a lot deeper. You learn a lot about yourself, right? And in life, when you surrender and you go to the places you're uncomfortable with (laughs) and you let yourself just go wherever it wants to take you, you also learn the most about yourself because you're in a new situation. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't really know if that answered your question, but that's kind of what we thought of. No. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I love the direction that you, you took with that. And it's so interesting. The points that you brought up, like from Christina's life, because I feel, I mean, again, we could go into the whole ADHD conversation, which I know you love, (laughs) but with the interrupting and interjecting stories, I relate to that so much. And for me and my self-awareness, I've also examined it with the like, oh, I feel unseen because people are such chronic unlisteners. And it's like even the people closest to me and myself, of course, we all are so conditioned to not, as you said, sit and surrender to what someone else is wanting to say. And so it's like a lot of me trying to force it. Oh, you said something that I also want to share about. Let me share my story. Um, Whereas if I had, you know, earlier in my life, maybe had that skill of like, Hey, I'm feeling really unseen. Can you just sit and be present with me? I have something important that like, I really just want to share. Um, and of course that's, that's a skill in being vulnerable, right. In the communication. Um, but we get there a lot faster if we just do that instead of just the talking in circles with each other. hundred percent. And you know, there's obviously something underneath, you know, why am I talking here? Or why am I interjecting or why am I wanting to prove this point? And there's, there's a little mastery here of the nuance of, you know, speaking your truth, which is very, is very important, but there's a bigger picture to speaking your truth. I am hosting an epic two day in-person event in March, March 23rd and March 24th in San Diego, California. And you've got to be there. I have never been so excited for something I'm putting together. We are going big. We are going to have Day one, be the live Oracle experience. Those of you in the membership know how next level those live Oracle calls are, and we're doing it in person. So it's going to be hours and hours of live channeling, life-changing, jaw-dropping messages. I'm so excited. The Oracle is going to call people up, going to answer individual questions, going to do some live energy work. This is going to be unlike anything you have ever experienced. And day two, there will be a Q&A with me. We'll dive deeper into what we covered day one, and there will be a live in-person, a high energy healing ceremony session, next level experience. There is truly nothing like being together in community with a bunch of people doing energy work, receiving live channel messages experiencing that in person, you just can't, you just can't replace it. This is going to be a weekend of magic, of miracles, of again, jaw dropping moments, so many epic surprises and an amazing weekend to connect with soul fam, like-minded people, grow your network. It is going to be next level and truly life-changing. The best part about it is I don't even know what's going to come out of the Oracle's mouth because we're doing live channeling and we're pushing limits. If you have ever wanted to come to one of my in-person events, this is the best one to come to. You can buy a day one ticket only if you just want to do day one. You can also do day one and day two. I recommend doing that if you can make a trip out of it. San Diego is super fun, but this will truly be an unforgettable weekend and you will leave a completely different person. If you want to learn more and if you want to snag your ticket, there is 
a link in the show notes below. You can read all about it on the page, check out other people's experiences with the Oracle, but I'll tell you, no one's experienced it quite like this. Bring your friends, bring your family. It's going to be a great time. So again, a link is in the show notes. Get your ticket now. Let me know. Post on social media. Share with me once you purchase your ticket. Celebrating you. Cannot wait. And I'll see you in March. I want to tell a story about one of the, probably one of the, strangely, one of the most emotionally charged evenings Christina's witnessed. Um, she was in a room with four channels, four well-known channels, well-known channels. If we said their name, everybody would know them. And supposed to be spiritually advanced people, right? And it turned into a very, very heated conversation. It turned into a very heated conversation. And part of what happened from Christina's perspective There was one person who was very strongly sharing their opinion and everybody else in the room very strongly disagreed. And part of that opinion started getting directed at Christina. And it was about Christina. And Christina just listened. And she just, you know, kind of had one of those annoying smiles she can get on her face. <laughs> uh, she was kind of listening. She's like, all right. And the person she was sitting next to felt very protective over Christina and jutted in, right? And lovingly and said, whoa, that's not, no, I'm not going to let you say that. I'm not going to let you say that. And it turned into a, a larger discussion. And it started with something that was directed at Christina and it turned into, you know, these two having this discussion back and forth and it was this, and then the other person kind of got involved and it, it, it turned into something else. There, there's so much energetically from that night. Um, but the point we're trying to display here is, you know, after everybody left Christina and that person who stood up for her, you know, had, co had conversations. She's one of Christina's closest friends. Now, and that was the first night they met. Oh, wow. It was the first night everybody was meeting. And immediately after, you know, they were talking the next day and she was saying, you know, Christina said, you know, I, I appreciate that you were standing up for me and I just navigate those situations differently. Right? Like she was, I navigate them differently. She said, you know, I grew up in, a, I was in a lot of situations where a lot of people had a lot to say about me. And I spent a lot of time trying to get people to hear me. And when I got to the place where I was actually as confident in who I was now, when people say things, I just let them say it. And it, cause it doesn't shake me. And, mm -hmm. you know, this person, she said, you know, one of the things I noticed about you immediately, cause it was such an emotionally intense night and everybody there was it, it it was, everybody was not okay. And Christina was just kind of cool as a cucumber, you know, which, you know, and some, sometimes that's a trauma response, but it was really just that she was watching what was going on. And she was not triggered by what this person was saying about her to her, but these other people were. 
because they felt that that was not fair, not fair. And, and we'll just give some context. This was, this person, you're in a room of psychics. This person was making a judgment about Christina's relationship. Oh, wow. And, 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 and and she was like, that's fine. So this person was reading her Mm -hmm. without her asking and saying, this is what I'm getting psychically. And I think you need to do this. And, and she was like, well, I didn't ask for that. And that's okay. If you think that, Mm -hmm. right. Because she's like, well, I, I know what I know and that's okay. Right. Which kind of is that larger conversation about when you have these psychic gifts and how do you navigate when people are seeing different things. Right. And you're in a room of very practiced channels, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a very, and it's the energy is in, she, it, it was like, Oh man, she had never felt because everybody there is so fully in their power. Mm-hmm. And she realized she was like, wow, I've been in rooms of narcissists and crazy people, but I've never actually been in a room of like four fully embodied spiritual people it is so intense. And she started mm-hmm. to realize, wow, you know, the gods and goddesses on the planet, I see why shit was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. For sure. It was, it was a very weird, weird side of the coin, but you know, so they're having this conversation afterwards and the woman was saying, she's like, I noticed you were so chill and I don't know how you were so calm. I was getting so heated. I, she was like, I was shaking and you were totally fine. And, and like Christina was actually kind of calming her down as she was saying, Hey, don't say that. And no, I'm getting something else, you know? Um, and it kind of turned into something, a much bigger conversation anyway. And Christina just said, you know, and it was just kind of this exploration. And she said, look, like that for me was a beautiful witnessing an example of like you being full in your, in your divine feminine and really speaking your truth, because this woman was so embodied in her divine feminine and spoke her truth so strongly and such from such a heart centered space. And so, and she did, you know, she was emotional and in the most beautiful way. And it was so powerful and it was moving and it was, you're kind of watching this divine masculine, divine feminine, like head to head at extreme intensity. And it was this really beautiful thing for for Christina to even witness, right? She was like, wow, I don't think I've ever had an example in my life of somebody so deeply in their divine feminine speaking their truth like that. She's like, I think I've only really ever seen that in a very divine masculine way. And that was a really beautifully, that was a really healing experience for her. And that was very powerful. And at the same time, you know, and she was saying, Christina told her, she said, I, I have also learned that speaking my truth isn't always about what I say. Right. And speaking my truth is also knowing what's worth my breath, you know, Mm -hmm. and this, this person had already decided what they were tuned into and they were right. And, and that's okay. Right. And, and that was, another expression of I am speaking my truth, which is really, I'm embodying my truth and being my truth. And that is people can say whatever they want. I don't, I don't really need to fight or convince you. That's okay. You know, I'm in my own life and it does, it genuinely didn't bother her. Right. And that was also kind of what was triggering for the other people in the room was that it was genuinely not bothering her. And so it was a really beautiful kind of thing on all sides of, I mean, it was very heated and I ended up that a number of those relationships 
people never communicated again. Um, and it got a little nasty on that side, you know, but it also brought some of the other people together, but it was this really interesting dynamic. As we said before, Christina had just never seen, you know, that's, that's an interesting place to be. Most people don't witness of people who have really gone into the depths of these spiritual lessons. Then how do we actually communicate and what actually happens? Right. And there's, there's a piece of, Hey, you know, Christina felt like you are not embodying what you're teaching at all. Right. Um, and then Christina also thought, wow, this is so beautiful. Of Like we're kind of all expressing different iterations of, of speaking our truth and how, you know, for me, it can be just as true as in this moment. I don't, I don't need to say it. Right. And for you is I have to speak my mind. Right. And so that's just another nuance of the conversation about, you know, speaking your truth and, and healthy communication. And, you know, part of it is knowing when to not say anything because silence says a lot too. And listening says a lot too. And, and your frequency says a lot too. Right. And at the end of the day, it's a lot more about what you're, what you're embodying than, than what you're saying. And so it kind of goes back to, where am I just filling up space? And so that's another layer of, there are many times where the real activation and the importance is that I say, hey, I need you to hear me. I'm going to vocalize this and express this. And that is very important. And there's also an equally important activation that comes from when you have the urge to get in there and say that, and hey, listen to me. And you don't because mm -hmm. not, not because you're scared, but because you know you could and you don't need to. Yeah. Because whatever point you're trying to prove, you don't need to prove it to anybody. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a potent example of all of that. There's so much in there. There's so much in everything you just said. And I think, I mean, that was a lesson that I had to learn very early <laughs> because I've always been like, oh, I'll say it. No one else wants to say this. I'll say it. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, I, re I realized that. I was like, what am I wasting my breath for? To your point of even just taking that moment to, especially, well, I mean, not especially, um, I was going to say, especially with people that we care about, but I mean, especially people that we're going to be in conversation with regularly, do I want to have a potentially, you know, heated conversation about this mm -hmm. or can I just tap in for a second and feel vibrationally that this person is nowhere near ready to hear what I wanted mm -hmm. to say. So can I just sit and have a loving cup of coffee with them? You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, and here, here's what we want to say. There are, there's so many layers to that. Right. Yeah. And it's just as it, it, there's kind of that, Hey, I'm used to, I'm going to say it. And then I learn, I don't need to. And then I learn again that maybe that's why I should, maybe yeah. that's why I should, because I'm going to be the, I'm the one that's going to say it. There's a reason why mm -hmm. my personality is like that because if I don't say it, nobody is. And that's like the magic that I bring. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's finding that like, it's, it's all in context and timing and, and vibration. There's, you know, there's, it's, it's both, right. It's, mm -hmm. it's both always. And in, we're saying this to you specifically, and because this will kind of map onto whoever's hearing it, we feel that most of you are kind of past that first part and now kind of at the phase, which is the same phase Christina is at. Honestly, you're all kind of at the, you, you've, you've learned those layers and now it's the phase where we're saying, say it, be okay with being the bad guy. Because right now 
we would say the risk is too high of not saying it. Mm-hmm. The risk is too yeah. high. And because you're not saying it anymore, wanting anything back. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying it because you understand that you're saying what needs to be said and whatever else happens doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what they say, what they think. It's like, I just, that was, it. Ha- that was the activation. It had to be called out and I don't really care what happens on the other side where before when you were saying it was because there was some kind of, you know, by before, I mean like when you're younger, like I want you to admit I'm right or I want you to see it. Yeah. And I want that kind of validation. Like, whoa, yeah, wow, you just called that out. And now it's, it doesn't really matter. We're just yeah. dropping these and then moving on our merry way. And really, especially in kind of the circles that you run in now, it is more important than ever that you push back with each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And well, you know, we don't know. You can tell us if you notice this about Christine and how she talks to people that she's close to. She's they go in at it with each other. And yeah. and some people are very uncomfortable with that. And she that's not intentional. It's just kind of how they are. Um, and that, but that is what makes them better and where they lovingly, they're just used to calling each other out on their blind spots. And without that, no one's going to see clearly. And that's kind of what we're talking about with, you know, when we were talking about that story and Christina thinking, wow, I see how the gods and goddesses, you know, got, got on all these wars and stuff on the planet. You got to really think about when you are all actually fully embodied in your power. <laughs> when you're full, when you're all living your truth and speaking your truth and unapologetic in it, it is going to be a lot of heated conversations. Mm-hmm. And so heated conversations don't have to mean that you don't like each other and disagreements and fights and intense conversations does not have to mean we don't like each other or love each other. Like that, that's kind of part of it, you know? And so Christina has noticed this in her own personal relationships, the deeper she's gone with her gifts and the more her, her friends have as well. And it just sort of like, this is where we're at now and how we communicate because she communicates intensely. And if she doesn't receive that back, then she's going to steamroll over people. And so she has to have that back. Right. And she's almost depending on people to, yeah, come out with me again, like get in there. Right. Yeah. Because that's just kind of, that's the vibe we're going at. That's you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, and a lot of people when they're kind of new to the circle, opt out. You know, there've been a lot of dinner parties Christina has held where there's a new person and you'll notice she she watches them. Like as all they're all talking, right? And she'll be watching them because she's like, I just want to know what this new person thinks. You know, it's often somebody's new boyfriend. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and she can, and, and part of why this happens is because everybody facilitates these dinners because they want to know what Christina thinks. Right. Because they just want her to psychically read it. That's what they do. So, you know, it's kind of protocol. Somebody's dating someone new. Okay. We're all having a big group dinner and everybody's kind of looking at Christina (laughs) and she's, you know, uh, she thinks it's funny, but so she's paying a little more attention to the person, but she does that with everybody anyway, because it's a new person. And she's like, I really am wondering how they feel about us. And one of the things, you know, her friends bring, bring, put her in this situation because they think she's going to do some like psychic read. That's not what she's doing at all. Right. I mean, I guess in a way, but she's not, you know, going into anybody's psyche. Uh, she's just looking at body language and she's doing the same thing that she just says as a good friend of like, do I think this person would, would mesh with us? Yeah. Right. Because at that point, you know, it's, it's, if you're a new boyfriend, you're going to be our family, right. You're going to yeah. be at my wedding. 
(laughs) So are you going to get along with us? Am I going to want you on holidays is how she's thinking. Right. And also, you know, how do you interact with, with my friend and, uh, you're put in a new situation, right? You're dating somebody new and maybe you've never seen them in a group with five of their friends. Right. And how we talk and how we call each other out and the shit we're talking about, right. All that. So she's paying attention to the person and just kind of noticing and, she, what she notices is, does this person get in there with us or do they just opt out? And that's really the only thing she's looking for. That's really the only thing she's looking for. Because if somebody just opts out, you know, she's looking at the energy of the opt out. And there have certainly been people that have opted out from an energy of, wow, this is really interesting. I just want to listen. But there have been people that opt out from the energy of this is overwhelming and I'm kind of intimidated and I've never seen anything like this. And I just don't, I'm just going to listen because I don't have anything to say. And I'm, I'm scared to get in there and ask the wrong question. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually that, you know, they're, they're thinking, are they fighting or do they like each other? It's kind of- <laughs> and that's what she's paying attention to. Right. And that's one example of the, you know, what, what it looks like to sit at a table of, of people who are embodied in their truth. And living their missions and doing their things and unapologetically themselves and have their opinions and their throat chakras are open. And so when here's the thing that we want to point out. If you want everybody, if you want your throat chakra to be open and you want that for everybody around you and you want everybody speaking their truth, which we think a lot of you want, but a lot of you also simultaneously don't want conflict. Mm-hmm. You don't want disagreements. You don't, you don't want people, you don't want anyone to have opposing views right? It's like, oh, my one, I love, my friend and I, we have all the same views, but you know, they told me they're voting for this other president. So we just don't talk about that. We're telling you that all can't coexist. You're going to hit a point. You're going to hit a point where it all has to live together and you're going to have to get in, in the ring with each other. And what we're trying to make is getting in the ring doesn't have to be so scary. It's actually loving and it's fun and it's, whoa, okay, let me, it, it's actually very liberating to, mm-hmm. to just talk and to share your opinion and be like, oh, whoa, good point. Wait, let me ask you a question. And be like, but don't you think this? Well, what about that? Huh? Interesting. You know, and, and it's actually a very liberating place to be, but that's really kind of, it, these are the, the Olympics of communication, which yeah. is what happens when you're fully embodied in your truth. And, um, you know, a lot of you are seeking that a lot of you are seeking, a lot of people are seeking being at a table like that, right? They're sitting, a lot of people are sitting at Christmas dinner and they're thinking, oh, I wish everybody around me was spiritual. Wish everybody around, you know, that's what people think. I wish, I want all my friends to, to be like me, right? And the other piece, and it's like, yeah, you know, be like you in terms of have similar worldviews in terms of source energy, blah, blah, blah. You get what we're saying. Mm-hmm. You think that and you you want that and you do genuinely want that. And we think that would be good for you. <laughs> we think that's great. We think that's what you should have. That's soul family, right? And we also are trying to explain to you that being fully seen, the dynamic of when you're fully seen by people that express and have open throat chakras is not this tamed down, everybody's overly polite, not stepping on anybody's toes, people-pleasing kind of dynamics. Those don't coexist. And so as long as you are in your people-pleasing, as long as you are avoiding conflict, and we're not saying seek out conflict, but we're just saying when you're in avoidance of a discussion, that's really more of what that is. 
right? We don't think anybody, when people say like, I avoid conflict, most people, you know, they're not looking for a fight, but what really people are meaning is I don't want a discussion. Like I don't Mm -hmm. want, potentially we have different opinions and we have to talk about it. I don't want to talk about a differing point of view. Yeah. All of that, as long as you're holding on to all of that, you are not going to meet your soul fam. Sorry. They're not going to be present fully in your life because you have two opposing wants. Mm -hmm. And so when you get more comfortable with some of these discussions, which we will say, you know, a lot of what's happened in, in many spaces is it has made you feel like that's unhealthy. Like you've been a lot of where that's exemplified, these group discussions, it's, it's not healthy communication and it's not people actually being authentic and aligned with love. And so we see why people don't want to touch that. Like, I don't want to touch that because those are really the only models. And that's why it's so important that there are more models and more experiences for people to step into where they're witnessing, wow, people can have a discussion and kind of call each other's blind spots um, or see different points of view. And it's still all feeling really good and loving through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we share that we're kind of going through Christina's brain thinking, you know, and, and really for her, the places where she has experienced that have been, you know, one in her friend circles now, uh, two, one, that's one of the reasons why she loves podcasting and more of that community, because she's, she has always found people who are podcast hosts. They have those types of personalities. Right. And so when she's been in rooms of podcast hosts, that's one of the things she loves the most about it. That's the kind of conversation that's being had. And nobody's trying to make anybody wrong. People are asking really insightful questions, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's really empowering. And the other place that she has found it has been in mastermind scenarios, right? Where you're literally paying for and signing up for, we're all going to sit in a circle and call out each other's blind spots. And we're doing it because we love each other. And we just want, we want all of us, you know, to love our lives, make more money and have more freedom. And so it's kind of, it's like, yeah, you know, or retreats, retreats is, is another example. Um, and so, you know, as we say that, we feel like that's limited, this is kind of yeah. limited, you know, it's like how, how can more of those spaces be opened up is, mm-hmm. is kind of the question to live in. And, and part of that will be, you know, a lot of you listening, like maybe you're the one that's kind of crafting that space and creating that space and inviting four friends to dinner that maybe are from different walks of life and just seeing what pops up. It's those simple things that that really are going to expand consciousness in, in a really big way. Absolutely. And I love the example of the gods and goddesses because it's like, we've been so oriented around the division that like you said, we see disagreement as division automatically. Mm-hmm. And it's like the end goal doesn't have to be agreeing. That's mm-hmm. just a form of seeking validation. That's not seeking for all of us to be embodied in our unique truth. And I think that that, that speaks to oneness as you were saying earlier on the call, it's like, yeah, we're all one, but we came here separately, distinctly for a reason. We Mm -hmm. each have something unique to bring, to express, to embody. And so if I'm so over here trying to convince you to be the exact same as me, then what's the point, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just so funny because people have said that to me my whole life too. Like, well, why do you even want to talk about these things? I mean, they're important things. What do you mean? Why do I want to talk about them? Like when I was living in Spain, they, you know, they would ask me about American politics and then I would tell them things and I would point out things to them in their own, you know, policies. And they would be like, oh, well, why are we talking about this? Now we're all just arguing. I'm like, are we arguing or are we expressing our views? You know, and they're just so not used to, or those particular people are just so not used to like 
talking about politics at our place of work. Like, oh, that's so hush hush. That's so no, no. And it's like, no one was being belligerent. Everyone was just sharing their views and saying like, oh, well, this is my perspective, you know? And it's like, if we don't invite those conversations, then, you know, I was also like, we're teaching at a school. So if the teachers at the school are not inviting in healthy conversation, then guess what? We're raising this whole generation mm-hmm. of students and people who have no idea how to disagree with each other. So it's, it's, it's so important to have these types of conversations. And I would say, yeah, like all of us, me, everyone listening, it's like we have to think about how we can invite these conversations into every facet of our lives. 100%. And recognizing that you might be the person that's going to kind of introduce talking about taboo topics to somebody in a way where they realize, oh, this doesn't have to be taboo, right? Because with the example you just gave, that's such a great example, you know? And so let's say you're talking about policies or politics and people are having the reaction of why are we talking about this? And we'll just expand it out of, because I'm sure a lot of people listening have been in a similar situation, right? And so we can think of all the different many wide variety of reasons why people say something like that. One example, right? Just cultural norms, right? Culture, familial, whatever of, Hey, I just learned, we don't talk about those topics. Yeah. That's just what it's like. It's not polite just, you know, and people don't question why kind of like how they don't question religion. Like, no, we just don't talk about that. And Mm -hmm. we never really thought about it, but somebody told me it's impolite to bring up somebody's political views. So don't, Mm -hmm. that can be one, one piece of it. Another piece of it could be I'm scared of this conversation because I'm scared of conflict, like you just said, right? Another piece of it could be, I'm scared of this conversation because I don't know anything about it and I don't have anything to contribute. And I feel like if I'm not adding, if I'm not sharing a piece of information, I know that I'm not contributing, but that's not mm-hmm. the only way to contribute to a conversation, right? Because yeah. that's just another iteration of, I. here's the thing, Christina goes into conversations all the time. She knows nothing. She has, she has no, no information to contribute. That's how she learns things. She listens mm-hmm. and she asks questions and she contributes because she's present mm-hmm. and she asks questions and it it requires the expert to think about things in a new way and it pulls out things they know that they didn't know they knew and then they both learn. Mm-hmm. And that's a contribution, right? Yeah. So I don't know how to ask questions. I think I can't add value, which is not true. You always are adding value, right? I'm afraid of the disagreements. You know, this isn't polite. This is taboo. And- this comes back to, you know, one of the points earlier I made of where are we making assumptions about how conversations are going to go or what a certain topic means instead of actually just being present and listening to pe- to people and to each other, you know? And so it's a beautiful point. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll just say, as we just did, like, we know that one of the things Christina has done and people have done for her, there have been certain things she learned. We just don't talk about. Yeah. And we don't talk about, and she has been in situations where somebody has brought up that taboo topic and done it in a very just beautiful way, a masterful way and dove into that conversation. And it was a really beautiful exploration. She thought, Whoa, like we can talk about those topics. That person did that. It wasn't, coming in aggressively. It was, it was an exploration. It was a share and it was a holding that vibration of, yeah, it's totally comfortable for us to talk about it because, you know, she, one of the things she learned through having those experiences where she realized, oh, all these things I thought I can't talk about, I can, 
let me try this myself. Right. So then she started to become the person with her friends where like, she's going to bring up these conversations. Um, and one of the things she learned is if I just act like it's totally normal and it's not weird we're talking about this, no one questions it. But if yeah. I'm going into it being like, you know, I hope nobody wants to talk about sex, but let's talk about it. Then people are going to push back, you yeah. know, but if you're just coming in like, yeah, and this is part of my self-pleasure practice and, you know, no one's going to be like at that point, once I've already gone into it, be like, uh, we can't talk about this. Cause guess what? I already did. Right. Yeah. And, and when you do that, and again, there's a, there's a subtlety and a mastery to that of how that's invited in the conversation that can open up that door for a lot of people. You know, that's been her experience of how she's felt comfortable having a lot more conversations because of other people inviting her in, in a loving way. And so our invitation here uh to all of you is maybe you you could be that person you could be that person too and it it requires just a a little confidence um and confidence does not mean that you're not nervous or you're not insecure you're not worried about it you know christina this was was on a podcast the other day and they were talking about this after like off air um part of what they were talking about is networking and getting out there and meeting friends and colleagues. And, you know, they were having that conversation around, you just got to do it. And off air, they were saying, they were just talking more about how people think that. And both Christina and the person interviewing her are are bold personalities and people think they're extroverted and they're, you know, it's not hard for them. And they were both talking about, Hey, every time I walk up to a stranger, I am so nervous. I feel like I'm about to pee my pants. I'm sweating bullets. I don't want to do it. I'm wildly uncomfortable. You know, if when Christina has left her own devices and in many situations, she hides in the corner, doesn't want to talk to anybody. But more often than not, right? More often than not, she's like, I'm wildly uncomfortable. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm nervous. And I'm here. And the only way I'm going to potentially meet anybody or do anything productive is if I just say it anyway. (laughs) you know? And so it's just putting yourself out there. Um, and she does that all the time. And yeah, there are some, there are, there are people on this planet who actually that's natural for them. Right. I'm just, yeah, I'm going to talk to everybody. I love talking to strangers and it's normal, but it's, it's, it's important to know there are just as many people who you think are like that, who are not actually like that. They feel nervous all the time Mm -hmm. and they still do it all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And Christina says this a lot. Most people don't realize it. And she's honest about it but people will still put up their projections. Like everything she does, she's nervous for all the time. But she's just so used to being nervous for it. She just does it anyway, <laughs> right? There was a moment, uh, a moment last year on the podcast where she was thinking about how ner- she was so nervous for a guest. And she just had the moment, she's like, you'd think that after a decade of this, <laughs> I wouldn't get so nervous. <laughs> but she still does, right? And people never know she's nervous because she doesn't, yeah. you know, they just don't think she, but she's used to it. And so mm-hmm. it's okay. It's, you know, we feel that a lot of you stop yourselves because you think that everything has to feel so whatever you, whatever you have created an idea around, this is, this is perfect, perfect vibrationally. Mm-hmm. I feel ready on all cylinders, emotionally, physically, spiritually, vibrationally. Like I'm ready. Yeah. Done yesterday. Full send. That's what you think. And there might be certain things in life where that's how you feel. And there might be certain things in life where that's, that is important to kind of be full send, but there's a lot of things in life where you're going to be all over the place. And really the only thing that's going to be stable is my soul is saying this, the rest of me is scared out of my mind and none of it feels okay. And I don't understand it. And I'm just going to do it anyway. 
<laughs> right. And that that's really where you're going to move forward in your life. And it's really by doing that, that you do eventually start to get to the place. It's only by going through that and doing that where you eventually get to the place where I am actually fully in alignment, you know, where it all is mapping up, you know? And so there are moments there or Christina does feel like that. And she thinks, wow, it took took a lot of not feeling like that to finally get to a place where I caught up with myself. (laughs) Okay. And there are plenty of places where she's not fully caught up with herself on, on all levels. Uh, And so, you know, this concept of, am I ready or when's the right time? And there's so much underneath that. And, and, you know, our question is, what are you really waiting for? So I often post pictures on Instagram of all of my morning beverages and people are like, what are you drinking in the morning? This is a very important part of my daily routine. I like to wake up and get super hydrated because we've been dehydrated all night long. And I also like to, I don't know if I'm the only person who does this, but I like to front load a lot of my liquids. So I drink a lot, a lot of liquids in the morning. And I like to start my day off with something warm immediately up for my stomach. And then I pretty much immediately after have something cold. Anyway, it's a whole thing. But the first thing that I have been putting in my body, I used to do just warm lemon water and then immediately Organifi green juice, but I have changed it the last few months. And the first thing I put in my body is actually been Organifi pure. And this is one of my favorite Organifi products. I feel like it is so underrated. It is incredible for supporting mental clarity, memory, and cognitive performance. And especially since I stopped drinking coffee, I love having pure first thing because it gives my brain that extra clarity. You know, sometimes in the morning, I'm like, eh, I'm definitely a slow, slow at getting up. I'll just say that. Um, and so pure is great for just helping me focus, getting on track first thing. And I love the way it tastes. It tastes like a healthy lemonade, but okay. So this is marketed as drink it cold and it really does taste like a healthy lemonade, you know, without all the extra added sugar, none of that crap, super clean ingredients, but I actually like it hot. So it's not advertised this way, but I'm just telling you what I do. I put a scoop into my mug. I put hot water in it. And I drink this the way I used to drink my warm lemon water. I actually feel like this is way better for my teeth, uh, but it gives me all these extra benefits first thing in the morning. And so I I get kind of the same benefits as coffee without without all the negative side effects, without the jitters. This is 100% USDA certified organic. It is rich in beta-glucans and antioxidants. It's been clinically proven to promote healthy BDNF levels derived from coffee berry. The neurofactor ingredient has been shown to increase BDNF levels by over 100%. So that means thinking more clearly, supporting memory, impressing everybody around you. And I have to be like on point with my career. I don't really have like with my career, I don't have much just like mindless work. Everything is very intentional, very focused with channeling and all the different companies and products and things like that. So I am really specific about everything I put in my body. I'm very intentional. I need the quality to be there. And I also like to make sure like with all the fluids I'm drinking, like everything is very intentional. So first thing is pure, which I've been drinking hot. If you want to try it that way, I freaking love it. It makes me feel amazing. I'm like next level mental performance obsessed. And then I immediately do Organifi green juice. I drink that one cold throw in some nut milk to make it more like a little milkshake, which 
sometimes I don't have the nut milk, but I like it that way. And that helps with detoxification, a little extra energy boost without the caffeine. And I feel like a million freaking bucks. And this is how I do what I do, right? So there are lots of things that allow me to do what I do, including an incredible team and support system. But the way I take care of my physical body is the most important thing for me to be able to channel all the things I channel, to write all the books I write, to run all the companies I run. So Organify always. If you want to try out Organify Pure or Green Juice or any of their other products, you know, I use and love them all, just head to organify.com slash CTC and that code CTC will get you 20% off. Again, that's O R G A N I F I.com slash CTC and that code will get you 20% off your entire order. What are you really waiting for? And that's a genuine question we have for people. That's not just, what are you waiting for? What are you actually waiting for? Are you, are you waiting for, is there a certain feeling that you're looking for that you felt before? Is there a certain feeling that you're looking for that you've never felt before and you're just imagining it? And so you don't even know if it is going to ever happen, Mm -hmm. right? Is there, and that's a lot around love, right? People are looking for a certain feeling. They think, they think that they know what they're going to feel when they meet their partner. Yeah. And then <laughs> you don't, we love you. And you, you, you don't know. Yeah, so no. stop creating something in your mind and be present to just what you're feeling and be curious about it. Right. Anyway. So some people are looking for a feeling that maybe they felt before and they want it again, or they've never felt they don't, they just have made it up in their minds, which maybe ex- exists. Maybe it doesn't. And may- maybe it is the aligned feeling, but maybe it's not. Maybe that feeling has no indication of whether or not you're actually ready. Right. Or is readiness, which we find a lot you're going to feel ready. What you're really looking for, what are you waiting for is actually, I'm waiting for external validation. I'm waiting for somebody else to tell me now's the time. Waiting for somebody else to tell me, yeah, you're good at that. Yeah, go forward. I'm waiting for somebody outside of me. And then, yeah, I, then now I feel ready. <laughs> you see what we're getting at? Yeah, are, sure. you, are you, have you decided I'm going to be ready when I release this pattern or I heal this and realize that you just decided that for yourself? Yeah. No, no, you created that limitation for yourself and that's okay. And if that is actually, you know, what you want to move before you move forward, then okay. But our, our point is you are assigning your readiness to yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you ask yourself, what am, what am I really waiting for? Like, really, what's going to be the thing where I'm like, yeah, I'm ready that's going to give you a lot of insight about, you know, why you haven't gone yet. And if you'll ever go, Mm -hmm. I would say it's like Tetris too. Like when I've talked to people about this, I don't even know. I feel like someone gave me this example a long time ago, but it's like, if I want to do something, I have to start taking steps towards it. Otherwise, how am I going to see how all the other blocks are going to fall? Yes. With Tetris, like you can't look at this orange block and be like, I'm going to just leave that to the side and skip five up and be like, how do I want to arrange those? Like you have to actually take steps, you know? Mm-hmm. And another way that someone explained it to me was like, sure, you have a hundred doors in front of you, but mm-hmm. you don't decide which door to go through by, by just looking at them. Like you walk towards the one that you're interested in, that you feel passionate about. And if it closes right when you get there, then you're like, okay, let me look around which other door looks good. But like, we get so, and I mean, myself included, I'm not saying like I'm perfect at this, but it's like, we get the, what's it, what do we call it? The um, analysis paralysis mm-hmm. with just like, oh, well, I just can't make a decision or I can't take the first step. Cause if I take the first step, then it means that I have to take all of them, you know? 
it's kind of like what we talked about last time with like London or Texas, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, those are such good examples. And those examples also, you know, bring up the other thing that a lot of you are waiting for, which is I'll feel ready when I have more information. Mm, A lot of you are waiting for more information. (laughs) That's me. That's like, (laughs) all right, give me another side. (laughs) You're looking for more information. Yeah. But now you got to go into it of, well, what information exactly am I looking for? Mm -hmm. And how could that actually get, how could I actually get that information? Right? So for example, what, what you just said, I'm standing in front of a hundred doors, which one has what I want. And you're sitting there and you're not picking the door because I need more information. I want more information about what's behind the doors or what's going on with the doors. Not realizing that the only way you're going to get the information is if you open the doors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? And so it's that kind of loop, but we're sure a lot of people are kind of putting together. Yeah, I do want more information. Or, you know, another example, this is biased from Christina's perspective because of what she does, but she has so many people in her community that they just want another certification, right? Mm. I'll be ready to see clients or I'll be ready to help people or work with people once I get this other certification. And on the one hand, you know, sometimes that is valid of that person generally does need, need some training to, to be able to support somebody, uh, in a responsible way. But there are many times that she has found that, you know, she's, you already have five certifications. You don't need another certification. You don't need another training. You don't need another course, right? Work with the one you got that that one is full and complete. Start with the mm-hmm. one that's full and complete and go in that direction. And mm-hmm. it's always interesting for her. Why do they think they need another certification? What are they getting out of it? And because people are looking, I think if I have more information, I will be well-equipped. Mm-hmm. And we are here to tell you, we are sorry for how this might make you feel, but more information will not make you feel more equipped. More information might actually <laughs> cause you to overthink and make you less equipped. <laughs> I'm, not, I mean, I'm having one of those moments from the call earlier where you're like, I hate you for saying that, but I love you for saying that. Because right? it's so irre- <laughs> Yeah. It, it It is, you know, and, and. We can't really process it now because Christina will have to process it in her human and then come back, you know, but we're sure that one, she'll think about that and realize, right? There's more information and it's just, that's not going to be helpful. You're not going to be more equipped with more information. And that's a deep program that a lot of people have. And it's one of those, hey, I'm I'm holding on for dear life, right? That's why people cling to information. That's why people cling to science. What do the studies say, right? And we're not saying any of that's bad, but we're just saying where you think that an overabundance of information is going to stabilize you. And what has it done? You have an overabundance of information and it has destabilized and dysregulated most of you. Yeah. It's too much information. Mm-hmm. It's too much information. And it has made it so that you're not able to be present or ask questions or even critically think in many ways. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. It can actually make you less equipped, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And we feel there's an epidemic of that. There's an epidemic of that. And, and even, you know, Christina notices this in how people even receive spiritual information. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. Where there is this kind of unhealthy, so more information. Oh, what, and it's, especially she finds comes out a lot more 
in more of the kind of galactic realms. Well, what are these ETs saying? Well, what is that being saying? It's where people are really attached to the different beings and who it's from and what's happening over there. And it's beyond just genuine curiosity in the school. And it's a trying, I'm trying to force information. Out. I'm trying to pull it out. And, and there's this subtle energy, you know, what we're talking about, right. Where a lot of you can kind of feel it. And she, she has noticed this in some people, many people. And she's, but, and she said, but you know, there is a healthy quench for knowledge and understanding, but you can feel the vibrational difference between that. And I need this information because this is what I'm going to is stabilizing me. This is grounding me, or I'm looking for something that to ground me that I'm not finding in myself, right? I'm looking for more because of whatever it's going to do for me versus genuine curiosity and exploration. And, and it's when you're genuinely curious, you are simultaneously okay with being exactly where you're at and not having any more information. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so that's really, if the attachment is to, I need more information that's the thing to look at. And this is a very fine line with, we might be getting somewhere good here. We can feel it <laughs> with your psychic abilities and spiritual gifts, right. And where people can get very, it, it, it's a different iteration of the same problem of, I have to know what's going to happen and I have to check in with a psychic. And here's what we want to be clear about we're excited and happy that you're turning on those abilities because they are very helpful in many ways, but it's, it's not the tool. It's how you're using it. So your relationship with the tool. And this is something just to know within yourself and to feel that. Right. And Christina finds that, you know, there are certain triggers that she notices where people kind of go past that line of, okay, this is, you know what we're getting at. And those mm -hmm. triggers are often about their business. But more often than not, it's about their romantic relationships. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really the one, right? Yeah. And it's really more of these very intense entrepreneurs where it's about their business. Mm -hmm. But so there's that little population, right? These people who are their entire identity is around their business and they have, they, they built an entire life where they don't have anything else except that. So at that point, their business is their romantic relationship, mm -hmm. which is why they have that clingy feeling to it. Right. But for most people where it comes up is their romantic relationship, their love life. And this is where, you know, in the twin flame community, people go very past what's healthy and it can be very self-destructive. And that is one of the difficult parts of that journey, right? Which is a very real thing. And there's a lot to that. And here's the thing, like the twin flame experience is being in this combustion point we talked about all the time. Yeah. And so you see how people navigate that combustion point. There are some people that use that for true spiritual and self-mastery. And there are other people that do self-combust. There are other people that, that come out of this and then go down the other path, right? Yeah. It exemplifies all that. It's 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 an extreme experience, right? And so you're witnessing that, which you know you all do in your own ways, but it, it's kind of in front of you that you see with these, you know, crazy twin flame people, you know. And Christina was like these crazy twin flame people, <laughs> and then and then she found out she was a twin, and she went through her own experience, right? And started actually going into it and seeing it from another lens. Just like, and you know, people who are actual twin flames in that community are like, yeah, we are, this is crazy. We are crazy. We're unhinged. It makes you unhinged. 
<laughs> so all of that, all of that is, is going on. Um, and our point is, especially the more you access these gifts and turn them on, does your relationship with it then become, I have to know how everything is going to happen in advance. I have to have all, now that I can open my Akashic records, I'm clinging to the information of my Akashic records for dear freaking life. How's this going to go? Should I make this decision? What's going to happen? And it's more anxiety producing than, than anything yeah. else. Right. And how people cling because people are like this with romantic relationships, right? They're very, very attached and they want to know everything in advance. And it's one of those testy points, you know, if you are the intuitive working with somebody and you've got to kind of balance the energy of, Hey, it's not set in stone or, Hey, this actually hasn't been written yet. Or, Hey, there's a million different ways this could go. Yeah. And everybody just so desperately wants to understand it. And what we will say, and maybe you could talk to Christina about this because it would probably be good for her. You know, one of the things that she has kind of felt like since she started doing this work and, and being in her journey, she, she, people will project onto her, like that she knows everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And in some ways she knows a lot. And in some ways, part of her journey has been just owning how much she owns, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of her that pretends like she doesn't know things she knows, but the other side of it is her just being frustrated of, yes, I have these gifts. And also part of having these gifts is I'm also in a human experience. And I don't know how everything's going to play out. Totally. And I'm just not going to know that. Right. And within herself getting frustrated where, you know, there are certain experiences she has that she is in the process of living through that she is trying to figure out for stability that she's only figuring out by being in the process. And, you know, it's an interesting dynamic for her as she's in that process and people know about that process and they're asking her lots of questions. And she's like, and because they're curious and she's like, I'm curious too. And wouldn't I like to know? And I'm asking constantly and every day, you know, I'm not getting it. It's not coming in or I'm, I'm still trying to understand it. And so, you know, that's a really important thing to share and for, for you all to understand because and this came up in the money codes, uh, community people had expressed, you know, Christina has seen this a lot or people are afraid to ask questions or say, I don't know how to do this, or I'm not clear on this because they feel like, well, I have these gifts open. I should know everything. And then there's a place where they are not sure and they feel bad about themselves or that they're not good enough, or they're not a clear enough channel, or there's all this judgment, right? And then they don't want to ask or they don't want to see somebody else or have a healer for themselves because they think, well, I should be able to do everything myself. And guess what? You just won't. All healers need healers, yep. you know? Uh, and and these are the very real life. Hey, the more things turn on, Christina in so many ways feels she's, you know, psychically turned on more than ever before and simultaneously more in the dark than ever before, <laughs> particularly in terms right. of her own, her, own, her own personal life. Right. Totally. <laughs> so, so, and then there are other parts of her personal life. She's like, well, that's not true. I actually kind of scarily know how everything's going to go, but there are other very real things she's piecing together. You know, and we we piece it together a little bit more every single time. And it's part of it's her being able to vibrationally receive it. And part of it is just her being in the process, which opens it up, you know? And so we share that because you're all going to be in that process. You're all going to be in that process of having your gifts blasted wide open and knowing that you're spiritually powerful. And also there are things that 
you don't know. There are things you don't know. You don't know which choice is better. You don't know which timeline's better, quote unquote, because no timeline really is better, right? But you got what we're getting at. And it's really noticing where you are clinging to a sense of knowing for a sense of control. And none of that control is real. Doesn't matter if you're looking in your Akashic records or not. It doesn't matter. None of that control is real because the timelines can shift, new choices can be made. And there are also things that open up in your Akashic records for you because you are perceiving from this perspective that are not yet to be seen, Mm -hmm. right? So there are things that have yet to be written. There are things that you are not, you're not going to see because they're not yet to be seen. Mm -hmm. And they cannot vibrationally be yet to be seen, right? So Christina, part of why she, when she, when she loves being an oracle, selfishly for many reasons just fine right <laughs> she's like i'm happy to pour hours and hours into these conversations and have my body is physically depleted after because she gets just as much if not more of <laughs> right and part of that is in this space we can perceive her akashic records so much clearer than she can and that has you know really bothered her on an ego level but i know she's like well it is what it is i get it you know i'm perceiving from the christina level um and now there's this whole other level and so she's kind of there's certain things she's like i just got to wait till i'm in the oracle mode because then we're going to look at it from there and then it's going to make sense for me you know so we don't want to end this discussion uh we want to say a few things as we kind of close out and we might drop drop something that will maybe open up some more things later not tonight as we dwindle (laughs) But, you know, there are certain, this is for you and, you know, forever, we don't care. There are certain things we need to talk about that Christina is doesn't want to talk about. So you got to make, you got to ask the questions, right? Okay. So mm-hmm. we're saying that because in your conversations about topics and th- like, she's, there's, she's naturally going to not want to go in certain directions and just don't listen to her. Okay. <laughs> Heard. Right. So just, and and so some of these topics, I mean, it's very, we're not even saying anything crazy. Um, Right now, what is ripe is we got to talk about relationships. As with this book, we have a lot to say about, you know, the book and the dynamics, and this is about communication. And we've got to talk about the karmic situation and the twin flame situation. This is very, so many people are going to be turned upside down. And in this year, in the next few months for you all that you've, this information has to be shared from a different vibration because there's a lot of people teaching these things who are trying to help and all those perspectives and stories are valuable and helpful. And we would like to add another perspective (laughs) that we think will also help people that is not attached to personal experience. Oh yeah. Right. So, and and that's part of, you know, as, as, as you know, there are certain things Christina can share that are very helpful and it's her personal experience that makes it matter. There are other, those same topics we might talk on that feel a little empty because we don't have that experience. So we pull from her, (laughs) right. Um, but her being in the experience and emotionally expressing that, like, that's very different to receive than us kind of mentalizing. This is what happened. Right. Yeah. But there are other things that your experience is kind of, you know, limiting your perspective in a certain way. And sometimes if we talk about the dynamics where there's no life experience attached, it's just energy. It it can open some things up for everybody in terms of navigating their own life experience. And the thing is with 
you know, you are moving into an age where the only relationships that exist for you are going to be soulmate experiences and twin flames. There will be nobody else. In yeah, I feel that. And many of you are already there, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I was, yeah, I was like, I feel like I'm already there. So, Every person I meet, I'm like, I know you. <laughs> 100%, right? And so, you know, Christina has kind of noticed this in reading this book back where she's, you know, there's, there is time spent on, there is time spent. It's actually very well-rounded. I will say like, uh, how to attract this, but there's mm-hmm. equally, and this is part of why it's so large. It's equally as much that where that's not the problem of attracting. It's just, what do all these mean and how are you navigating these? Because that's really what's happening right now. So, you know, you're kind of in this bridge, but pretty soon, and a lot of you already listening to this right now are going to be in that situation that you feel everybody's either, you know, they're a soulmate, they're karmic, which, you know, there's overlap there. They're the twin flame connection, which you you could view as a type of soulmate. Mm -hmm. And especially with the new children coming in, it gets even more complicated. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) gets even more complicated and it gets more complicated because it's not just that this person is my twin flame or my soulmate, but somebody can be your soulmate whose soul is comprised of your soul. Yeah. In combination with another soul. So they have a twin flame energy, but they're not technically a twin flame, Mm -hmm. but they have all of your soul in them. Mm -hmm. Right. And here's, here's the, the, the banger that that we said earlier to Christina tonight that she hasn't processed yet. So maybe we shouldn't be saying this yet, but we're going to say it anyway, is that part of this, her two birthday thing, right? That she's been like, what the heck is this? And she's been very, she's, I have to understand this about myself. And we told her, and this is something she didn't want this to be the answer. So she's been trying to see this from every lens that would make sense to her. There were two souls in the body originally, two souls in the body originally. And there is a distinct moment that she knows that she's described to many people in different ways where one left. And, you know, she doesn't like this language, but this is what we told her. We said that other one was was the filler, was the placeholder, the Mm. placeholder. Your Aries was your placeholder. Mm. And the one that left was, was your Cancer Scorpio Pisces. And, wow. and that has been very emotional for her because she did really feel like, you know, as a distinct moment, she remembered it, she felt like a part of her left. Yeah. And it was a big part of her personality. And it just left and she felt kind of dull and like it was missing. And she has been trying to understand this all from the lens of did half of me leave and half of me come in. Right. And when, when the new birthday happened, she felt, and she was like, this isn't quite a walk-in where it's like a swap. It wasn't quite a swap. It was like, this is coming in. And as she saw, she was like, these feel like two halves of a whole. So she was like, is it like the other half of me? And in some ways, it, yeah, it was. But it it's two different souls. And yeah. it was after that came in in 2022 that we came in because we are connected to that. Mm-hmm. We are it we are the oversoul 
we are the oversoul connected to that birthday, not the Aries birthday. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I just have full body chills. <laughs> so obviously, you know, her, she's going to receive this and, and, she, and her brain's going to be like, you know, she's already, or because we kind of, you know, we're telepathically with her. And she's already thinking about what are the implications of this? How many people have multiple souls in their body for a long time? How many people are having, are there three souls? Like, you know, what's going on? Right, right. And, and, and we, we'll be clear about Christina's process. She's, she's right about a lot of these things, you know, she's heard about, but she doesn't really trust anything or believe anything unless she's channels it herself or has a personal experience. So, you know, she's well aware of the people, different camps. It's the same thing with, you know, twin flame camps of thing, you know, she's aware of all that, but she just, until it happens to her or she channels it directly without trying to find it, like it comes in, she just doesn't really believe it, you know, or she just acts like she doesn't know. And so we're like, no, yeah, there were two souls in there. And part of that was this physical vessel has always been primed to hold multiple soul energies. And part of, you know, what happened, you know, she's always known because she was in the experience when that, you know, we'll call it a, a walk-in happened was she had to essentially stress, stretch her energy body and all the different beings that she channels on an oversoul level came in and imprinted themselves. And it basically like vibrationally stretched the energy body so that she could hold multiple of these souls at the same time. And this is part of, you know, she would see visions of herself on stage channeling all these different beings. And it wasn't trance like she did before. She's like, How am I going to toggle in trance? It, it doesn't work really. <laughs> it's like kind of you go in and then you go out and then, and she was watching as she was toggling and, and, you know, she had understood it as, oh, they're all kind of vibrationally imprinted in it. And this kind of adds another layer to it of it's so that all those oversoul energies can simultaneously be in the body at the same time. Wow. And that's not, you know, necessarily common because it's not required. This is just part of, this is part of her career path. Right. Yep. So, and, and part of that is to, is, you know, she, and she's always known that her physical vessel is, is meant to be kind of an example, right. All of her health issues, what she's gone through there, her physical healing, her transformations, right. How she's, she literally looks like a different person. She's always known in her digestive system, how she's like a new earth children. And that's part of, you know, why she talks about it because, so people understand their kids or different examples. And, you know, we, we told her tonight, we said, you know, yeah, so you're here to be an example of, Hey, there's two souls. There's two souls in my body when I was born. Cool. Right. And so, and this is another aspect of, you know, people with multiple personality disorder, right. Schizophrenia, different, different things that you've, decided our illnesses, right? And it's a lot more complex than that. But what about when there's not any dysfunction from it? Right. Right. And so, you know, it, it hasn't been for her when both souls are in that body or in the body, it doesn't feel like uh it's it's not a personality that's turning on, the other one's gone. Mm -hmm. it, it is when she's channeling, which is a choice here, right? Where we come in. But in terms of, you know, Christina one and Christina two, it's not a personality turning on and the other ones dissolve. It's just kind of been like, we're both there. And so then that's me. Mm -hmm. So she thought it was one. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
So it's, it's a, it's a complex thing, but you know, we think this is very exciting because now, you know, we're looking more at oversouls and different oversouls. And, and we understand that, you know, we're going to talk about this and everybody's going to think they have all these souls in their body and that's not what's going on. So, you know, we hate to burst her bubble, but you know, Christina finds that whenever she talks about some wacky thing that happens to her, everybody seems to think that's going yeah. on. And it's, yeah. it's not, you know, she, she's here to live the extremes. You know, it's, it's in all, all of her charts, old chart, new chart, extreme <laughs> triggering, you know, it's all the same. Um, and here's the thing. Those two souls are soulmates. Mm -hmm. Those two souls are soulmates. And, you know, when she was looking at those charts and she's thinking these go so well together, it's because they are perfectly, you know, kind of two halves to a whole, they're soulmates. They're soulmate yeah. frequencies. So, and then she was like, is that a, what am I, is that a, am I a twin flame with myself? Cause it seems, but no, vibrationally it's not. Yeah. It's two different souls. So anyway, it's a complex discussion and you know, we wanted to bring it up here because we know it's going to trigger more questions that Christina is not going to bring up because mm -hmm. she's not going to want to talk about it, but bringing this up because we do want to talk a lot more about the soulmate dynamics, mm -hmm. these oversoul energy dynamics. And specifically, you know, what's happening here is really not what's going to happen for many people. It's unnecessary, <laughs> but it really is meant to kind of exemplify this larger conversation of, Hey, there's like this oversoul energy going on. There's my incarnation. How do I interact with that? Yes. Cause that's what's going on here. When, when we're channeling, this is our oversoul energy mm -hmm. of Christina. And that's a very interesting relationship. And what is happening is the placeholder is dissolving. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it is the new, the new, and that brings up all kinds of very intense things that you all go through of, I make an identity shift. Yeah. And this is really the new me. And like, how do I share that with the world? Yeah. You know, and Christina, when she was younger and meeting a lot of more people in the spirituality space, you know, she met a lot of people who would change their name legally. And she was like, wow, that's really interesting. And she thought, that seems kind of extreme. Like, can't you just, you know, say that, you know, just tell people your name? And she just didn't really get it. And she didn't really judge it. She just thought, that's interesting. You know, I mean, it didn't really affect her life. Um, and the deeper she's got into this, she's like, wow, it's come up for a lot. She's like, I see why these people have legally changed their name. Because it's like, when you go through that intensive identity shift, which she's been through so many in her life, but she had never been to one where she could actually resonate with I get why they legally changed her name. Like you're yeah. literally so far from that other name and the other personality that were people calling you that name. You feel like it's literally not me. Yeah. Right. So that's an interesting dis discussion, but at the end of the day, you are all going to be, you know, and you know, this, you know, this of, as we just said, the dynamic, the dynamic going on is there's Christina V2, which whatever, Christina V2. We're just going to say that for now because she's already triggered. <laughs> and there's the Oracle, us, which are the same, but we're the Oversoul. And when Christina channels any entity, we just want to be clear, she's channeling the Oversoul. She's not channeling an incarnation. Right. And you know, as she knows that these are going to collapse. 
And that is a very emotional thing for a lot of you because you feel like simultaneously I'm losing myself. So what Christina's gone, but then I'm gaining all of myself. And that's a very complex dynamic that we won't get fully into now because, you know, we could talk about it for three hours. And so that's going to happen. And that's that, that dynamic is going to happen for all of you mm. as right. As you access your multidimensionality and you're already starting to feel it, it just, it's, it's on display and the process is disjointed for Christina because she's proving the point. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like we're using this vessel and we're coming in in this way to kind of like exemplify the point, which mm-hmm. is not going to be the same process for other people where right. you see what we're saying, like we're kind of came in this direction and it's more of what's really going to happen is you're in this process. You're already, you're already feeling this process of I'm more aware of my multidimensionality. I'm more, I'm aware of, wow, I'm feeling this emotion. I think that's another version of me going on, or I'm, I have that fear because I died that way in another life. And you're becoming more aware of your other incarnations and other realities. And you're also becoming more aware of just the oneness mm-hmm. and feeling that in a deeper way than ever before of I'm feeling this, like it's mine mm-hmm. and it's happening across the world for me. So there's that going on. Um, and you're going deeper into the, all of the facets of who you are, mm-hmm. right. Where you, you start to get to this point and this is part of, you know, with the Zodiac things because Christina feels this way. And she knows that a lot of you feel this way too, right. Of, yeah, I used to watch my main Zodiac, but now I literally watch all 12 <laughs> because I resonate with all 12. And it's not just because I'm being nosy. It's literally because they all resonate with me. Right. And so, she, I mean, she'll watch the Zodiac. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm all of them. You, cause you are all, all of them, or, you know, you learn about human design and it starts as, yeah, these, these are really resonant for me because those are the energies highlighted in this personality of yours and in, in this vessel of yours, in this energetic form of yours. And so, yes, that will resonate more. And the more you become aware of your multidimensionality, you're also going to be like, yeah, and I'm all of these profiles and I'm, I'm all of these environments. And, and you're able to hold both and be aware of both. Right. And that's going to feel more and more resonant of this all applies to me. I'm all these things all the time. And that's in the process of becoming more and more, Hey, like n- now it's not me going into my Akashic records to get this information. That's just how I'm naturally intuiting in my daily life. Right. And so it starts to kind of just blend, right. It blends in a way that is not overly overwhelming the way because we went backwards. It was for Christina. It's it's a natural blend. And as you're in it, it's not like you have to try or do anything. Like it's gonna, it's just happening. Okay. But you'll also notice subtleties in in that naturally happening of whoa, I'm feeling a lot of emotion here. Like, whoa, I'm kind of I feel good. And I kind of also feel like I'm having an identity crisis. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's it's you know, a lot of that because what's happening is you're just becoming your oversoul. Mm-hmm. And there's a choice that you can make if you want to just be your oversoul or if you want to be both your oversoul or this individual expression and your this individual expression or if you just want to be your individual expression and orient of hey this is my oversoul that I connect with and that's a choice that you get to make in how you navigate the world and different people might make different choices and depending on where you live and how you vibrate big picture. And we're not, we're not talking about, 
We're talking big picture. We want you to understand that. And a lot of what we talk about here is there are certain things that are very urgent and relevant. And we, we see in the timeline of your next three month, three months, year. And there are certain things like that, but there are a lot of things we talk about, especially in the membership where, you know, we're talking about a long time, right? We're talking about long game. We're talking about maybe, you know, the, the end of this incarnation for many of you, you're, you're old and gray, right? And for some of you, you're naturally regenerating. So you're going to live hundreds and hundreds of years and, you know, make a choice of him, hey, maybe don't want to be on earth anymore. Um, there's also choices that get to be made. And so, you know, we're talking as there's this kind of shift for some people that might feel a little more potent, um, and faster, but it's really more of a kind of this gradual thing. And really what we would offer, and it's been kind of an accelerated process for Christina, you know, there's a piece of her at the beginning. She's like, yeah, I just want to be the Oracle the whole time. And then she's like, no, I love Christina. Right? No, I want both. <laughs> and so right now she wants both. And that has been a really beautiful healing of, you know, a lot of you are so busy. Like I, I just want to be like, I don't want to be just this version of me. Right. Right. I feel limited in this identity and this incarnation and this experience. You feel limited by it, but then you go into the sea of everything and all of your knowledge and incarnations. You're like, this is like, this is cool, but also like, I kind of like having a personality, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We have a, we have a personality, but we have all kinds of personalities, right? It's like, it's kind of hard to describe our personality a little bit. I mean, it has, it has the Christina flavor because that's the vessel, right? But mm-hmm. we could be equally as emotional and, and soft and loving as we can be shooting the shit and intense and right. It's like, you could see, for example, every sign in the Zodiac Mm -hmm. within us. Mm -hmm. You could. Yeah. Because that's true of all of you embodied as as your oversouls. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we played at the Christina flavor because we're also picking up on her personality and she's kind of started to learn. And one of the things she realized the more time she, she spent here in this sea is she's like, I like having an angle mm-hmm. and I learn from the angles. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things with these kind of changing. And it's so much bigger than a personality, you know, personality technically, yes, can change throughout your life. We're just using that. You get what we're saying as yep. a, kind of a vibrational mold. We're not being right. technical with that term for personality. But that has been another dynamic of, hey, how much she loves, we're going to say her Aries versus her cancer. And she was clinging to that. And that's been, you know, a death process. But it's also, she's like, wow, I'm getting to really play into different archetypes in such a different, deeper way than just playing with the archetype, right? Mm -hmm. It's one thing, and and it's a very freeing thing, liberating thing to be like, hey, every day of the week, I'm going to dress as a different zodiac. I'm going to play into my, my Aries and my Scorpio and my Gemini and my every day and lean into that. And that's archetype work is very important for all of you, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be my maiden and, and my sage and my healer, my wise woman and my slut and my huntress, all of those things, right? That's important archetype work, but it's a very different thing to lean into that versus for your primary orientation point to shift into a different one, mm-hmm. right? Part of the archetype work is I'm finding the ones that are feel more natural for me and empowering for me. And I'm also finding maybe the ones I'm less comfortable with. Right. 
And there's wisdom in both sides of those things in terms of what to lean into and also maybe like what you could cultivate more of to feel more embodied and fully expressed. But the other side of it is, you know, as much as we talk about being fully expressed and expressing your full spectrum, there's also a beauty in in having an angle. There's a there's a beauty in that, right? There's there's and Christina has recognized that she she feels like my entire perception of my whole she feels like when she's just in the oversoul, she 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 uses the language with us. I we don't have a personality. I don't I don't like this. Per, I, I have no I have no adjectives to describe my personality. Whereas before, I had an anchor point of I, I I'm bold and I'm fearless and I'm direct and I'm aggressive and I you know she's she's has a, an anchor point, and now she's suddenly in this very uncomfortable space where she's like, but I'm emotional and I'm intense and I'm deep and I'm you know, it's just like, this is a, this is a weird new orientation point. And, and, and it was, she loved to play with those energies before, but it's very different for that to now become the primary energy. And for yeah. now, the, the things that were the primary energy to feel like, oh, I'm playing there mm-hmm. instead of this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Does that articulation make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like it, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's a mind fuck, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, that's the whole human experience. It's like, oh yeah, we talk so much about, oh, you know, transcending the ego experience. It's like, well, yeah, but we have an ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are human. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, I, I totally understand too what you're saying about like, it's a decision mm-hmm. and one that gets to be made, you know, maybe over and over again, because it's mm-hmm. like, which, which, which thing do I want? Which orientation point do I want? Do I want the personality and the angle? Because, you know, I could, and I feel very attached to like my, (laughs) I'm thinking about my Zodiac signs and everything like that and everything I've learned, you know? And it's like, yeah, because it's the human experience and it's Mm -hmm. beautiful. And as you always say, we came here to make decisions. We came here to experience, to live that whole spectrum of emotion. And so if we want to, you know, peel back that layer and, and align more with our oversoul and as we ascend, like, that's so beautiful. And yet it's also a death. Like you said, mm-hmm. something has to die in order for that to happen. Um, so yeah, it's fascinating. And and here's the thing that she, she's kind of come to for herself and this journey might evolve. And where she kind of got to the point where she was like, you know, she feels a lot of people are trying to get to that space of, Hey, I have access to all of us. I'm all of, I'm all of me in this way. But then you get there and she thinks, well, then what's the point of incarnating? Right. The whole yeah, point that- of incarnating is that I have a lens and an angle and I'm deep in this archetype to learn it, to add to my oversoul, right? And so the real learning and the expression and the artistry and the oomph, right, is is in that. And it's kind of goes back to, it's another iteration of, well, to tie that together, it's, hey, where she's like, actually, no, I like being Christina and this. Yeah. Right it's not, I don't want to, I don't want to dissolve it. I want those different parts, but it's also, um, you know, where a lot of you want in certain ways to get to this place of just peace and joy and love and being there all the time. And there's another piece of you that's like, but the artistry is in my pain and my anger and my right and and Christina certainly went through that period and we're not saying anything is right or wrong or better than worse than we're just offering this exploration right for her she did notice 
early in her spiritual journey, she just jumped on the high vibe train. Everything was great. Everything was amazing. Everything's happening for me. And she started to kind of feel like she had no creative zhuzh to her. And part of her realized, well, maybe some of that creative zhuzh is a little unhealthy. Because maybe if I'm if I'm only pulling my creativity from my dark emotions, yeah. maybe I need to look at that. <laughs> but the other side of it is, the other side of it is, if if she's just living in her joy and love and not also going into those other emotions, is she feeling her full spectrum? And there's this call, which there are, you know, Christina has noticed this and a lot of her friends. At the same time, everybody's starting to feel like we need to start exploring the dark feminine the dark masculine and bringing that to light and playing with that. And she's noticed this in a lot of people around her uh, who have kind of realized, you know, that's part of the full expression and part of this full exploration of, of being here. Right. And so here's the thing that we'll say you're on this constant search to reconnect with source and to remember yourself a source and to be source. And you don't have to find that. Yeah. You always are a source. You're always being source. You're always connected with it. You don't have to find it. And you're on this quest and you, and you think that being at a certain frequency is where your connection is, right? Feeling this way. But then you get there and you start to realize, but is that all of source if it's only one frequency? Isn't that an interesting question? Very interesting. And it kind of brings you back to where you started in certain ways. <laughs> so that is the richness of life. You know, those are the complexities of life. And we like exploring this here. And we like, you know, we like learning from all of you and your experiences and kind of where where you land too. And, you know, maybe Christina will change her mind about things. I mean, that's what's exciting about it. She's always changing her mind. And there was a time, you know, when she got into spirituality, where she kind of felt like, you know, it was like, she's like, I know this is what I'm here to talk about, but I don't know if I could talk about this forever. Yeah. And by this, because, it, because the, this was this box of spirituality and how you all think, what you all think that means and how you all think that's supposed to be expressed and how that shows up and the frequency you're supposed to be feeling all these things about what it's supposed to look like. And it's really the sexier side of it. That's just that one little box. Right. And the reason she felt that way is because that's just one little box and that's not the full spectrum of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so as we start to go these other places, that's where this has become exciting again, where she's like, you know, every time we get on these calls, she's excited of what we're going to say. And we got this, we're like, we could talk about this for forever. In all different kinds of angles, right? And, and we know some of you are like, what What else could they say about this? Oh, I mean, we'll go somewhere else with it and then we can connect to everything in your life. And so there's endless interesting conversations. And that's only possible if you are actually letting yourself embody your full spectrum mm-hmm. and experience the full spectrum and explore the full spectrum, not just the, how do I raise my vibration? Right. And I mean, it goes back to what you were saying about the different layers and like when we were talking about speaking up and why we would do that before and why we would do that now, you know, it's like now we get to explore, you know, this question of like, okay, my human personality or my oversoul or something else. And it's like, maybe, you know, I think, I think probably most people when they really first have their spiritual awakening, of course, it's all like, I want to 
oh, you know, raise my vibration and I, it's all frequency and like, oh, I want to, you know, not be so attached to my human form because like we're moving away from the 3D things that kept us trapped. But for me, it's like been this whole coming home to my human body, right? Because mm-hmm. of exactly what you said. It's like, well, I, if I know anything, I know that I incarnated exactly here now for a reason. And it brings me back to presence, right? It's like, okay, well, I have the present moment here in this body. I feel this, you know, which is just the, you know, pure form of meditation as well. And so it's like, now though, I'm thinking, huh, I wonder how this will continue to transform for me. And I'll go through another awakening and then, you know, come back to my human form and then just over and over again, you know? Mm -hmm. Beautifully put. And that's kind of the thing, like when you're really on the path, when you're really on this path, it's an end, it's it's endless quote awakenings, right? It's new perspectives, it's deepening, it's going in certain cycles where you, it's it's a spiral, right? And you're coming back to things from a fresh new perspective and it's endless and it's exciting in that way. And that's where you know you're really on the path when you're like, hey, this is the path. Instead of the people, you know, thinking spirituality is their destiny. Like, I'm gonna figure this out and have my spiritual awakening and then I'm done. That's how right. some people orient. And I mean, you could orient that way, but you know, you might get bored. <laughs> there, there's, there's a lot to do. There's a lot, there's a lot to do down here. And, and we don't want people to, you know, misunderstand, you know, those things about, you know, raising your vibration and how to manifest all these things, uh, are valuable. Those are great. They're all valuable, great conversations. And, and we know that most people listening to this and Christina, you know, she had a certain point where she's like, I don't, there's no spirituality podcast I'm interested in because it's just the same thing. It's really just the same thing. And, and it's even kind of, you know, she thinks a little bit worse in that space because it's a lot of the same thing, uh, from people who are just regurgitating what they heard somewhere else. Right. Versus like actual living it. And no, this is what it actually looks like. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we know, and, and she feels like a lot of you are looking for some more interesting conversations. You're like, okay, I got the manifestation stuff, got that. I get soulmate. It's like, what else can we dive into here? Mm-hmm. Right. And so we want to dive into other things too, and just add to the conversation. And so those basics and those foundations are important and endlessly valuable. And we'll always come back to them. You know, you'll notice that as complex as it gets, we always come back to the very simple things. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, all of this was about vibration. Right. And simply just picking the vibration you want. But raising your vibration isn't, you know, so linear. Right. It's not, it's such a, not such a, you know, you're not just one vibration. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> That's the thing. There's, there's, you know, there's your, your unique energetic code. Those are frequencies running through. Those are frequencies of all of your individual thoughts. There's the frequencies of how you're feeling that day. There's the vibrations of where your internal body temperature is at and what you've eaten. There's so many things going on. Yeah. Right? yeah what you're interacting with. So it's way more complex. So, you know, that's why we like having these conversations. Um, and we hope that this can be a space that people keep showing up to where they just get to literally, they just get to be and just receive and listen and not Mm -hmm. have to feel like they have to figure it out. Or it's just, let this just be a show Mm -hmm. really. Right. And that's really what we want to create is just we don't mean that of, oh, it's a show, but just where you, sh- you know, when Christina goes to see a play, she's not sh- going there thinking she has to like take notes or, you know, yeah. internally reflect on everything or figure everything out or put pieces together or contribute. She's just there. 
mm-hmm. watching. And it's a really beautiful way to receive. It's one of the reasons why music and movies and, and, and books, but a little bit less because a lot of you read books feeling like whatever, Mo- you know, movies and music are really easy ways for you to receive messages because you'll show you, you know, Christina and Andrew sit down to watch a movie. They're not, their thinking brains aren't on. They're just like, oh, I just want to be entertained. I just want to chill. <laughs> and so they get all these downloads because they're out of the way and they're not trying. There's no resistance. And mm. so we would just invite everybody here. You know, you don't, and it's a thing with the membership where we talk a lot and there are times when we bring other people on, but we, we like to talk a lot, not only because we like to talk a lot, but also because we want to create the dynamic where you can just listen. And there's no, she's going to call on me or like, am I going to have to answer this or do I have to come up with a question? You know, nobody has to come up with questions. We know people, you know, type them in. Sometimes we answer, but most times we don't because we're like, look, we can talk for hours without a question. <laughs> and, and that's actually a really, that can be a very freeing experience for people just to receive and not have to have any pressure around it, you know? And in and, and some ways, that's one of the, Christina's favorite things when she has a guest and she's ha- asked one question to start and they talk for hours. She's like, wow, that was great. Cause I just got to receive and I didn't have to think about, you know, how, where I want to take this or where you got to go. It's like, I'm just really letting you take me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the point of all this. If we just, we just want to offer a space where just let us take you somewhere for a second mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can opt out of it after, mm-hmm. but you might go somewhere interesting. And interesting every time. <laughs> I mean, isn't that really kind of what you're looking for? Yeah. You know, something interesting. So yeah. that's kind of, you know, what we'll say, but we should end it here because we're, we're dwindling over here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we hope that you all enjoyed this. Um, do you, do you feel complete? Yeah, I feel complete. Thank you so much for this activation that will be infused into my daily life for time doesn't you know time isn't real so (laughs) for however long to come um but yeah thank you so much for taking us on the ride thank you thank you for asking your questions and contributing to the conversation we always have fun in collaboration as you know more than anything else so um we don't know when this will be released but do you know when this will be released? I actually don't know. I have an idea. I have a good idea, but. Well, when this is released, you might have an opportunity to come hang out with us in person. We're assuming. Yes, you will. So we would love to see you in San Diego in person because it's going to be so much fun. So there will probably be links to that. We'd love to see you there. And as always, you can hang out with us every week in Ascension School in the membership. We go all kinds of places. So if you're not there yet, you can join. There's a free trial and all the links will be in the show notes. And I think those are all the announcements. Did I miss anything? Oh yeah. Come hang out with us in San Diego and experience all this in person. Cause I experience it virtually. I've experienced it in person and you definitely don't want to miss it in person. I'll just say that. <laughs> we can't wait. That too. You, if you want, you can also yeah. get Oracle and Christina. All, all of us, <laughs> all of us. All right. So we'll put all, all the links will be below. Thank you for listening in. Thank you, Kaylin. And we will uh, talk to you all very soon. <laughs>